Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Post Game Over Reaction Show. My name is Roddy Nabolsi. I am joined by Jason, but uh, Paul can't be with us. He is in the mountains. And he went to a place that said they had great internet, and they lied to him. So, hey, screw you, Mountain Chalet. You know, <laughs> uh, that's uh, wherever the hell you're at. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll Yelp bomb them later on for their uh, lies about having super fast uh, Wi-Fi when they don't. Anyway, uh, just like... Paul's trip did not work out. Georgia's game plan for Missouri didn't work out. They won. They won. That's the most important thing. You see 9-0 on my bio or my list there. Uh, but a tight, tight game uh, came down to a couple picks thrown by a very good quarterback who had, had only thrown three all year. Uh, just a crazy thought, a crazy game. Give me your thoughts, Jason, and then we'll have uh, – we might even have that Paul, uh, that loser Paul join us here. Yeah, hopefully he's able to. Uh, we'll see if the, uh, the might, internet can kick in. It might be audio only. Right, right. Uh, you know, th this might actually be the opposite overreaction uh, that, that folks might expect. But I thought Georgia played really well, all things considered. I okay. thought – I mean, call me crazy. But, yes, like you said, they clearly came in early. They clearly came in early wanting to run the ball and keep Missouri off the field. That was what it looked like. That's the only thing that makes sense. That's my only criticism is when you run the ball 32 times, pass the ball 30 times uh, before the final kneel down situation. Uh, to, to me, this offense isn't that. They haven't been all year. Once again, under four yards to carry. They are not a move the ball, move the chains with the run game type of team. This is a Carson Beck driven passing attack. They, but early, it was clear to me. They wanted to run the ball. They wanted to keep Brady Cook and that Missouri offense off the field. That said, I thought the offense played mostly mistake-free within the game plan. They didn't do anything that that killed them or put them in terrible situations. The defense was you know bent at times, didn't break. They had the uh, obviously the early touchdown and then the uh, the other score. First off, uh, that early touchdown. I, I know you're on a flow, but I got to ask you. Sure. That that looked to me like Luther Burton pushed off. He did a little bit, yeah. Okay. He did, but Let's still, continue. but still. You know, Missouri had a good game script to open the game, uh, and I thought Georgia adjusted well. I think the, uh, the the zone stretch run is something that is concerning. I think that's that's uh, an area teams may try to replicate, um, you know, getting Georgia to move laterally because they, defense wants to go downhill to stop the run. So that was a good move by Missouri. You take it. Here's the thing. Missouri's a really good team that has improved as the season's gone along. I yes. picked that this wouldn't be a cover. 15 and a half was way too many points. I, I, I Missouri is blown away when that came out. Right. And I think most people who follow the SEC closely follow college football. I shouldn't say that because, you know, some of the national folks were, were uh, I know on game day, were picking Georgia to win in a, in a blowout. But uh, to me, Missouri was way better than a 15 and a half point spread indicated. They uh and they and they played their part. They came in inspired. They they played a great game, and I just thought Georgia, when it mattered most, the Nazir Stackhouse interception, uh, a tremendous, maybe the play of the season so far. Uh, uh, you know, only up by six. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and you know I love it. Big man touchdown, and then Peyton Woodring. Remember, I go back to the South Carolina game. I'm thinking they might have to they might have to have Zirkle kick, which there's obviously a reason Zirkle hasn't been kicking, even though he came in on scholarship what three years ago. Uh, but this kid has adjusted. I don't know what they've done since South Carolina, but he has been on a roll. He hasn't missed a kick since. And that kick was so clutch, 48 yards, uh, to, to give them a two-possession two lead. And 
and and I, I just credit Georgia. I think that in a tough game like this, they're they're obviously we've been over it a million times before. They're not the dominating type team. Kirby Smart and this coaching staff knows that they're not what they were the last two years. This is still right. a championship caliber team that made championship caliber plays uh, to seal this victory. I mean, how much did Georgia trail last year? Oh gosh, it was two scores, wasn't it against against uh, Missouri? This scheme gives them problems I'm about all year long. They didn't, oh, last they didn't year it was what? It was just Missouri until the Ohio State game, right? Right, but this I, year, in, in how many games? It's five SEC games now, I believe. Yeah. So again, to, yeah. I'm just demonstrating your point. This team is not as good as they were last year, but also, to be fair, they've also been beat all to hell. To me, sure. the storyline of the game is the fact that uh, Smile Munden, I'm mean, uh, Dumont Johnson, appears to have a fractured uh, forearm. Uh, you saw Kamari um, Lasser get banged up. Georgia's running three cornerbacks instead of using Tyke Smith because the wide receivers are so good for Missouri. They didn't yeah. have Tyke in as much. They basically decided to go, hey, we got to have three cornerbacks. We got to cover these guys. Brady Cook, as I wrote my three, two, one, I had somebody saying, "Oh, well, you don't have to worry about Brady Cook running." I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> okay." And the first half, his runs, he was the leading uh, rusher. Yeah. Uh, just because it's dangerous, Georgia was playing those um, uh, man under, you know, cover two, man under trail techniques. You got to have help over the top. That means your your uh, cornerbacks are running with their back to the line of scrimmage. They don't see what's mm -hmm. happening. And when he breaks off and runs, there's nobody to turn around and stop him. So uh, Brady was dangerous. He took off and, uh, you know, he gashed a few times. But this was a not having Kamari Lasser up there. Again, the fact that Julian Humphrey came in and knocked down a few passes. And then he got a call for a PI that I did not think was a PI. And I'm not trying to be a well, that was, Yeah, that was weak. That was a weak that call. Was, you know, uh, that was just all, god awful. So uh, my point is the fact that, Georgia's not as good as they were last year, but they're so deep. You've lost all these players. You've had so many guys get injured, but you've had other guys step up. Oscar Delp was huge today. I thought it was, mm -hmm. I mean, you don't have Brock Bowers. You're not the best player in college football, but Delp's everywhere. Lost and Lucky's laying blocks. Uh, you lose Amarius Mims, maybe the best offensive tackle in the nation. Uh, you have Trust out there. Now, Trust got his ass whooped a bunch of times, you know, but again, you're not, you're not losing games. You're still 9-0. Even without those guys, and I think they're getting healthier, Jason. I think you're having a situation where you saw Kendall Milton be Kendall Milton today, and Coach was screaming, "Hey, run off tackle with Kendall Milton. Put in your power back and just blow these guys out of there. Just some smash mouth football. Don't try to finesse them so much." And he was, uh, and he's right. When they did it, it was very effective. Uh, so Brock's out there. He's not in a brace. He's not in a boot. Marius Mims dressing out. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing we got to worry about is you got Ole Miss coming in. What do you do with those two off defensive starters? How healthy are they? Um, that, that's that's a big deal. But again, uh, Allen came coming in, Jalen Walker coming on big. Even though you lose uh, Dumas Johnson, that was gigantic to have those guys coming in. So to your point, you're not as good as you were last year. You're, you're going to trail some, but damn, you know, you just I don't say plug and play, but you were not handicapped you're not handcuffed when you lose a starter like a lot of teams are oh, yeah. I thought that Trent made a great point that uh you know they have two running backs and they're they're great running backs you know Schrader's uh, fantastic they've not given the ball to a third guy this year Missouri hasn't and Georgia's you know going up and you know here you're Dylan Bell you know here Makai Muse they're handing off to a ton of different guys so anyway I think to your point 
Georgia played. You're, you could, you're right. Georgia did play well. They played played well enough to beat a top 12 team, uh, even though they they did they played their B game, not their A game. Sure. You know, shot themselves in the foot a few times. Some bad penalties. Some bad ref, refereeing. I thought they were lights yeah. out. So yeah, uh, I, I want to second the bad refereeing. It was just. Uh... <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I feel like that the, the entire NFL college football right now has a referee problem. Uh, it's just, it's just, I don't know if the game's gotten too fast for these guys, but uh, yeah, to, to your point, uh, you, you know, yeah, yeah, you can make an argument that it was Georgia's B game, but I, I was just really impressed with Missouri for three and a half quarters. I thought yeah. Missouri came in and they executed the way that I kind of expected them. They would be fired up. They were mad that they let last year get away from them. Uh, yeah. They've been playing well. They, they let, you know, they had every opportunity to beat LSU earlier this year. And this was their statement game. This was their Super Bowl. This was, the, you know, they still had a chance to get to the, the SEC championship if they beat Georgia. So everything was on the on the table for Missouri. And, and they came in, and I thought they were fantastic. I, I think Brady Cook's a great quarterback, a, a great college quarterback at least. And he, he's Carson Beck. Yeah, to a degree. I, I honestly would take Carson over over Cook. Um, I, I think I, I love I love Very Carson. few mistakes. Yeah, I love Carson's composure, and, and I want to get to that too. Uh, I, I thought today, uh, again, uh, you get you get down early. Uh, you, you don't. Uh, you only get a field goal on the opening on their opening drive. It's okay. There's no panic in this guy. It, it's late. The game is still tight. Uh, he's, he's still making making plays, and he got better as the game progressed. And so you talk about B game. Yeah, he, he did not play as well as he has in the first half. I thought the second half he, he was on the on the money with a lot of his throws. Throw the lad, he was, the lad McConkey over the middle. Oh yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people have been wanting the deep ball, and, and uh, you know it, it wasn't obviously the one on one deep shot, you know, but it was uh, still over the middle, uh, a huge chunk play for them. I, I thought that, uh, yeah, like I said, I thought uh, Carson Beck had a had a fantastic second half, and he's he's been tremendous for this team, and. Uh, I, I truly believe that, and like I said at the beginning, I, th this offense needs to continue to be in his hands. I, that's my one nitpick thing. It comes down to the play distribution. I don't know why they were so stubborn with the run early on, uh, j just because we know. And I, 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 I you want to keep Missouri off the field. The numbers show that Missouri uh, has they've given up a number of hundred yard rushers this year. That's just not Georgia's strength up front. They have not been a consistent run blocking team to get that push to, to play the stat the kind of style that we've seen. And the pat but you know what the pass blocking's been fine all year. But yeah that first half was bad. Those two sacks are really that was bad. And yeah uh, but I mean you go back to that Florida game and you look at how yeah. they, they graded out, you know, Ernest Green graded out as a, a seven. You know I'm like what the hell? Y'all <laughs> right. go to hell. This is garbage. We're never going to use you guys again. And then you go back and look and it's like oh he get, he gets beat he gets beat he gets beat he gets beat and you're like damn Okay, yeah. maybe it was a seven. Now, here's the thing. It didn't affect the outcome of the game because Carson's still making throws and getting the ball away. But, I mean, he's doing it a fraction of a second before he gets he gets killed. This week, it was Xavier Truss on the other side getting beat mm -hmm. a lot. So, and Georgia saw where you could – they were lining up so far outside. I understood why Mike Bobo was running off tackle. You know, it's like, look, these guys are in nine techniques. They're coming. They're crashing in. Dude, just slip inside of them, and there will be nobody there. You, you would know, think so you've got the numbers if you can run inside on this team when they're so lined up outside taking away the edges. And then George is like, well, that's nah, not working. So they ran counters, you know, and uh, uh, pin and pull, and they just chewed them up with the pin and pulls. And I'm like, okay, just, just keep doing that. But more concerning to me, Jason, was the fact that they ran to the edges and Georgia yeah. didn't stop. 
It, it can't. It comes down to to getting Georgia's defense moving laterally. You know, Georgia's been so good for so long under Kirby Smart at at downhill tackling. You know, you you want to you you can't run up the middle on these guys. And I thought, uh, you know, Kirby Moore, uh, their offensive coordinator, that was an excellent adjustment because they they weren't getting much early the, the Missouri run run game, and they they moved them that stretch that zone stretch, and Georgia had all sorts of trouble with that. Now that's something when you have a talented defense, when you have somebody like, uh, you know, if uh, Jamon Dumas Johnson, obviously you mentioned the the arm injury, if he has to miss time, uh, you know, Jalen Walker, I think you got a guy who's got a lot of speed. I, I think that's something you can teach in a week. You can correct that. That's stuff that when you have a talented defense with 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 speed, even if they're not as great as they have been the last couple of years. Uh, that is something that that can be corrected. That's not to me. It's not a glaring weakness. It was an excellent adjustment from Missouri. So I, to me, I'm not worried. I, I thought uh, again, it goes back to I thought that for what Missouri did and how well Missouri executed, played, and how well they were coached, the fact that Georgia still came away with a, a nine point lead, making those crucial plays in the fourth quarter, showed that this is a, a championship caliber program. Well, in my three-two-one, I actually wrote about the fact that Georgia had won so many in a row, and it's not the streak. You know, twenty wins in a row does not get you a first down. It doesn't mean jack squat. You know, when the ball is actually handed off. But mentally, you, to your point, Carson Straley, Carson trailed multiple times. Mm-hmm. Didn't worry, didn't bother him. Still zips a throw in there. Still gets him to the right play call. Uh, missed tackles. You know, it, you could be very frustrated. That uh, third down where, when Georgia had to kick a field goal. Third down, he hits Rara on a slant route. Rara should be taking that into the end zone, or was it mm-hmm. Dominic? Is it oh, it was, Ra- it was Rara who dropped the ball. Or, yeah. well, we might be thinking of different plays, actually, because I don't. The one I'm thinking of isn't one that was a, it was going to be a touchdown. There was there was a Rara drop. It was close. I mean, it would have converted first down. Yeah. You know, go right in the end zone, and you're going right over the slant. Hits him in the hands, drops the ball. I'm like, you know, as a quarterback, I'd be like, you son of a bitch. We're, I'm never throwing to you again, you know, and they they move down the field. And then the defense is getting gashed uh, on the edges. All of a sudden they come up with <laughs> big uh, Nazir Stackhouse's uh, interception and then the, the bullet. Yeah. Run. Those are, again, this is a guy who he had three interceptions all year, and then he gets two more in this yeah. game. And, again, and it's so all- the defense didn't panic. It'd be very easy for the right. defense to be like, oh, we don't know what to do. These guys are, you know, out scheming. And they're getting pushed on the line of scrimmage. You know, and they yeah. got great receivers, and we're having to adjust our scheme. And all of a sudden, you're like, "Hey, we're going to take the ball away from them twice." That makes things better. <laughs> so, the the Stackhouse pick is remarkable because it just almost feels like like Cook didn't expect him to stay. It, I mean, because he it's not like he couldn't have not seen him. He's standing right in front of him. <laughs> uh, now, or, or maybe he thought he was going to loft the ball higher, and, and it just didn't get high enough. Uh, but I mean, yeah, just just it's one of those plays when when you're when you're an elite program, you tend to just make those plays. You know, uh, before the Kirby era, it didn't seem like Georgia made those plays enough in close games, and you see this team come up with those kind of moments. And and to be able to get points off of that turnover to where Missouri then it was going to be a miracle for them to come back and win the game. Uh, to to me, that is uh, such a big moment for you know this team, this the D twenty twenty three. Georgia Bulldogs. Um, I, I do think you know a lot of us wanted to, you know, thought that this team would just carry forward 
what the last two teams have done in terms of just how dominant and how they played these games. And this is a different team with a different story. They win games differently and they're a little more exciting. I think, you know, they're, they're not going to, they're, they're not going to make it easy. You're not going to be in the fourth quarter, you know, ready to leave or, or uh, ready to like make your plans oh, yeah. yet, or there's a lot more like traffic that. in Athens tonight, baby. Yeah, yeah, you're you're gonna be staying, uh, you know, and you, and you have been nine games, and, and you know, for, for the most part, you know, you're you've stayed in your seats, or you've uh, stayed on the couch. You haven't changed the channel. You haven't ha- had to worry about any of that sort of stuff uh, uh, on the outside. You've been very focused on on uh, on this team, but you know, plenty of championship teams have, have been like that. I, I think that, you know, some of those Alabama teams, the last two Georgia teams, they, they make it look easier than it really is to navigate a full college football season. Um, th- this is just a, this is just a different team with a different story, but you look at how they play. You, you, you look at them from top to bottom and, and you look at the, the competition that they're, you know, assuming they do make the playoff. Uh, you look at the competition they'll likely face, and, and to me, I, I just, I just think you know, you see, even in a win uh, like this, you think, okay, well, you know, they should have last year. They would have killed the number twelve team in the country. It's like, oh yeah, it's still a really good team. It's a different team, but w- any of those other teams that that are, are in the mix, Ohio, Ohio State struggled with Rutgers to the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, th- 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 this just isn't the last two years aren't the norm is what I'm saying. And and this is still a yeah, great, right. yeah. great program. And uh, I, I, again, I, I thought the win today was tremendous. I just thought when, when Missouri had every chance, Georgia, Georgia stopped them or responded and kept them from being able to, to really get a strong footing in this game. Good point. Just about everything that could go right for Missouri did. Yes. And besides for the two INTs, but I mean, missed tackles, uh, penalties, things went well. You know, uh, scheme-wise, things worked out for him. Um, and I think uh, Corey here says, uh, hey, I got uh, Mizzou stopping Tennessee next week. That's going to be an interesting game. Uh, Georgia's yeah. going to have his hands absolutely full with Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. Georgia might, if they beat Ole Miss and uh, Tennessee loses, I think your dogs are SEC East champs, if they're not yeah. mistaken. So that's quick. Yeah, that's accurate. Because, yeah, because Tennessee is it. And then, it, then it's what's Tech after that. Yeah. Hey, shout out to Amari Carmichael with the uh, super chat there. We always appreciate those. And and trust me, they do help. <laughs> they go a long way. Uh, that's why we, we bought a camera with a lot of the super chat stuff we have. And uh, we put it out at uh, uh, Dylan Rayola's high school. And I got a buddy out there filming all our games for us, you know, film all his games. So he sent me a ton of clips. We will have a Dylan Rayola a highlight package. And we've been doing the same thing uh, with um, uh, Ryan Puglisi. So uh, we've got guys shooting video for us because of stuff from the Super Chats, like the one there from Amari Carmichael. He says, uh, Kendall Milton was a beast. Happy to see him look so good. Yes. And again, if you get him healthy, that one-two punch, that's that kind of uh, Chubb, Sonny Michelle thing that you had before. It's the James Cook. Uh, uh, God, I can't think of his name. Holyfield, one-two punch again. Get back to that with these two guys, you know, with Milton and uh, Deja and Edwards. Now all of a it's like, okay, uh, Ole Miss, we know you score a lot, but we're going to drive the ball down your throat because we can't stop the run. So, and here's our two guys that are going to do it. So that can be a lot of fun to watch. So, hey, uh, we're going to bring on uh, Jay Hyde. So let's give him a uh, – let's bring him on with the headset. Hey, Jay Hyde. Yeah, had to do it so quick. Jeff, give, give us your thoughts. Hey, uh, uh, 
no, thanks for having me on. Um, I don't know if we're going to overreact on anything. Um, I guess uh, I think they brought up a second ago. Um, Milton looked really good today, man. And, uh, it's good to see him healthy. I'd like to see a lot more of him. Like, you know, um, you know the, the running game struggled a little bit today, but every time they tossed him in today, um, he broke it off. And, you know, I'd like to see him ladder him up a little bit more, let him get going instead of, you know, breaking them in real quick and then taking them right back out. There's a part of me that thinks that when they're inside the 20, there shouldn't be another running back touching the ball at this point. Yeah, absolutely. When you're in the red zone, it should it should be Milton. Yeah. And I was hard on him early in the year. This, I mean, obviously with the injuries and, and but ha- seeing him healthy and seeing how he runs so tough that style inside the inside the red zone, it should every carry should be Kendall Milton at this point. But doesn't it feel like when they're between the 20s? The plays involving him develop forever, take forever to actually develop, and he gets tackled at the line. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 know, I know it's a poor perception on my part, but it just felt like when you had Deja and you handed the, the ball there, uh, Jay, it just he would, he would zip, you know, cut right, uh, especially inside zone. He'd cut back in that gap, take off down the field. And I just felt like they were having a harder time doing that with Kendall Milton. But then when they get into the red zone – it's like, okay, we're going to play power, big boy football, and you can't stop it. So I'm with you, J.I. But no, I mean, I mean it, 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 at the same time, you know, it, it makes me feel good, right? So he's he struggled, you know. I mean, we've all noticed it over the past probably two years, right? Not being real healthy. But when yeah. he does get that chance, right, and we get him in there, and it's like today, and he had a good run, you know, early in the uh, first first half, and you know he broke one, then he was right back out again, right? We don't allow him a chance yeah. to get going, you know. So we, it, you know, we five year MVP for me. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, <laughs> and well, then, no, you know, right. as soon as he gets, but but, but no, no, no at the same time. right? Yeah, pull him right out, but now. But no, you know, you get him inside the twenty, it, it's it's no doubt, right? We're gonna come here, Nuggie. No. Sorry, guys. No. no, you're good. But uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, when he gets in there and starts breaking those runs, like we bring him right out, man. I, I'd love to see him, you know, rushing back up to the line again. Let's go again and see what he does, you know. Especially well, when all, he, you know when he's when he's feeling good, right? You know, because. Yeah. You know, we've been waiting for so long for just Milton to get in there and break it off, right? And when he does, we pull him right back out. It's, yeah, that's been it's the uh, that's been the Del McGee uh, rotation since he's been here. It feels like where it is really ever since post Sony and Nick. It's a guy breaks off a run, he comes out. The guy gets two, three right. runs, they switch him out. They just they love the rotation. Oh, with those two. They would do it with those two, yes, but they still would. They would accumulate, you know, sixteen to twenty carries each a game. But they were obviously running the ball a lot more in yeah. that offense as well. But once once I got away from them, it just seemed like they started going with a three to four back approach. Uh, last year, to me, I, I just kept wondering, you know, get one of these guys going, get Kenny going, and and uh, stuff like that. And 
that's just not their thing. But then, of course, you know, they win a national championship. Who am I to judge the the rotation? So, yeah, and they I don't argue with that. No. <laughs> right. I mean, they're winning. So, right. but, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I would like to see that too. I would like to see them commit, uh, you know, uh, to a back per series. Let, let's see how they can build momentum because you see backs everywhere, college and pro, you know, they go carry after carry after carry. And they start building that momentum, and they start getting stronger as the game goes along. And, and you know that's not Georgia's strategy, and it hasn't been, right. you know, since uh, you know Dell's been here. But at the same time, you know they've won a lot of games and two national titles and been to a third. So, uh, so it is hard to argue judge. with their approach. Yeah. yeah All right, what else you got, Jay Tide? So um, I don't know. A little bit back to the. Uh, Braves a couple of years ago. Javon Bullard is that motherfucker, right? <laughs> yeah. hey, he, he, hey, he, uh, you know, coming up that. I mean, you mean if you want to and, yeah. Yeah, and blank that out if you want to later on no, in the no, show. It's, but, like, it's true. That, it's that true. is my dude, man. Like, I mean, when it's on the line, you need somebody to make a play. Javon is that dude, right? Yeah, and I mean, how you know, coming up with that clutch pick at the end, even, right? Even yeah. that, and then you know what? Uh, Some of those hits. Even last week, you know what? Stop throwing that slant. Here you go against Florida last week. Javon comes up, <laughs> throw it again, throw it again right. if you want to, but you're gonna pay for it. Yeah, and it's um, good to have a guy like that who can, you know, he can come up and make you pay, and then he, you know, comes up with a, a timely turnover. Right. Yeah, he's that. Um, um, other than that, um, Julian Humphrey in the first half, you know, kind of struggling, but uh, he did uh, make up for it in the second half. You know, he came up with some clutch plays. Good to see him in there at doing something. Hey, uh, here's some breaking news for you. Well, it's breaking to people who didn't pay attention. College uh, game day is headed to Athens. So, I seen that. Yeah, yeah. We we mentioned that. Uh, yeah. Called that on the the watch along show. He's like, yeah. When they went the minute Georgia won, he's like, yeah, college game. You'll be there. It'll be a three thirty CBS game. So uh, very. Do you think it will? Because Georgia can only have one more CBS game, though, right? Yeah, yeah that was. A well, I game. thought it was only one more. Because uh, yeah, that, I think next the next one will be five, and I thought my understanding was you can only have five. And the week after, there's no other SEC game worth a damn except Georgia Tennessee. No, uh, it'll probably they'll probably do both of them. Yeah, I mean it, it is what it is, right? Yeah, you're you're gonna put the best super hard fast rule, you know. Yeah. So I think it's a situation where they're gonna say, "Oh, and the 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 Vandy game doesn't count." So, and from what I understand, but yeah, it's uh, okay. I'm pretty sure it's gonna be three thirty. I mean, is there a better game next week for them? No, especially with Florida losing, LSU yeah. Florida. I mean, you can maybe make the case for that, uh, especially if LSU, you know, which I haven't seen the the what just started, but uh, if LSU beat Bama and and Florida beat Alabama. I mean, Florida beat Arkansas. You could make the case, hey, have Georgia Ole Miss be a night game, you know. But no, I I don't after 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 Florida losing, I don't think there is. I mean, there's there's nothing you would put over a top ten matchup like Georgia Ole Miss. That's good. Hi, Jay. Do you get anything else? Yeah, uh, I, uh, I don't know. Other than Beck's accuracy in the first half, 
wasn't really good. A lot of pressure. Probably goes back to the offensive line. But first half, actually, for Beck, wasn't really good. Yeah, when you got a guy in your face, it's going to be tough. So I'm with you there. We saw the trust get get beat a few times. So that makes it tough to be that accurate guy. And some route issues, too. AJ Hyde, we Uh, really appreciate you jumping on, man. Thanks for letting me on, gentlemen. I love seeing guys like that. I love actually with the camera on and the headset. It makes my day. All right. Appreciate we'll it, guys. Yep. Take, Take care. care. Thanks, guys. All right, we're going to bring on two guys. We're going to bring on uh, Dane Young and James Caraway, and then we'll get to Heath and Andy. So y'all stay on there. But let's bring on uh, Dane Young and James Caraway. And we'll give James the uh, – because he's got the jersey on, so we'll give him priority and get his thoughts on the game. Um, I was really happy on, you know, a day where Georgia didn't have their fastball. Refs are flipping a coin. CBS pulls two guys off the street to call a game. <laughs> When you beat the 12th ranked team in the country, confirmed to me that, you know, Georgia's the best team in football. Um, I said it last year, I, or last week, I didn't think we'd play a one possession game the rest of the season. You know, this was a tight game, but at the end of the day, Missouri was never going to beat us if Luther didn't go off. And outside of the one play where they put him on island with Dalen, Kamari, you know, played really well. They had a good defensive scheme and, Missouri, you know, they came out like a number 12 team to wanted to beat the number one team in the country. And they played well. Georgia didn't. They still found a way. You know, I think if the game's played tomorrow, spread still 15 and a half. I think Georgia left a lot of points on the field, but all correctable stuff. And at the end of the day, I was super encouraged. He's right. I think that's a great way to look at it. Uh, I love the uh... – <laughs> <laughs> the two guys coming off the street to referee the game. That was brutal. Uh, Dane, your thoughts? Thoughts is a great win for Georgia. I think Missouri is one of the best four teams in the conference. And this is a tough matchup in a lot of ways because Missouri can stop the run. And Georgia really struggled to run the ball consistently in this game. Says a lot about Georgia's skill players. Says a lot about Carson Beck to step up beyond that. Lad McConkey is a freaking superstar. And Georgia doesn't win this game without what he did in this game. I really do believe that. Some guys stepped up on defense. And one of the stories of this game is Peyton Woodring. And he's just been automatic since having a little bit of a spell early in the season. And this Missouri team is really, 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 really good. Uh, Much better than I think most of the country thinks it is. Like, I'm not so sure. That Missouri team could beat Alabama. Like, like, I'm very confident saying that could happen. Now, how many times? I don't know. But. Uh, that's one of the top four teams in the league right now. And Georgia found a way to beat them when Georgia didn't play its best game. That's usually the sign of a team that's still in the championship hunt. I don't think there's a tougher game in the regular season than one that Georgia just won. Uh, so I think that probably gets Georgia to Atlanta and three-game season from there. James, your thoughts on the fact that you might be playing Ole Miss, who score a lot of points, without uh, Dumas Johnson. Looks like he's got a fractured arm. Yeah, but I also saw them give up 300 yards passing to Max uh, Johnson. And, you know, Carson, he did that without our two best offensive players, Mims and, um, you know, the best tight end in the history of college football. And they're putting up 36 points a game without those two studs. And, uh, you know, the defense is going to sort things out. I I can tell Kirby what their opening script is going to be is find number six and put him on an island. We're going to attack him. But seems like the defense, they're Kirby, 
he's the ultimate factor. We have Kirby Smart, and on the got it, gotta have it plays, Georgia always gets it. And I've been watching Georgia for 30 years, and as much as I love Coach Rick, we didn't get those plays on gotta have it, and we do with Kirby. It's fair. Very fair. All right, you're, uh, everyone's kind of banging on Dalen Everett. I'm like, it's his first year being a starter, and who are you going to throw against? Uh, Tyke Smith? You're going to go against Kamari Lassiter? You're going to go against anybody else? Of course you're going to throw against him. He's the other, the, There are other options that are worse. And everyone's like, oh, well, they're picking on him. Damn, I'm damn straight. If I'm an offensive coordinator, I'm like, okay, hey, let's find out where he is. And then um, but what I thought was interesting was, you know, I was expecting a little – maybe just running Kamari to wherever he lines up and then adjusting your defense. I know Georgia doesn't do that, but I've always wondered why they don't. You know, why don't you put your best guy on their best guy? Just Jason, you got a thought as to why Georgia does what it does? Uh, well, I have many thoughts. But, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I know, I know what you mean, though, because, like, a lot of teams, you, you, lot, you know. You play man under, play, man, play your best guy on theirs, and then you get the trail, you know. Get right. Trail but even in the, the NFL, even in the NFL – it's that the shadow responsibility is reserved for the guys who do everything at an elite level. And that is usually in a two to three year window that you're going to see that Darrell Revis is the perfect example for when he was the best corner in the NFL, it was Revis Island. And he, he followed the best receiver around. So, but when you do that and you have a good number two and number three option, all of a sudden you're moving guys in your secondary around and that's a lot harder to coach. And so yeah. that's a good point as to why teams don't shadow. And, and offenses have figured a lot of uh, things to get around that as well, getting guys in motion, uh, lining, doing the stack formation to, to try and confuse that. The stack formation that Vanderbilt ran early in the, in the uh, you know, that, that, that was a basic uh, concept that fooled Tyke Smith and led to a, a big touchdown early. In that they're game, so they're like, hey, let's figure out whoever the safety goes after. That's who we're going to throw to, right? So that's the thing. Right? That, that's why Georgia's not doing that. It, it's just it's it's easier to coach, you know, what they do best, which is, uh, you know, man to man on the outside, and, and and they have good corners, and they've historically had good corners. Um, and most of these teams, number two and three options, are still really good receivers. You know, they're. Luther Burden's a, a, a an elite receiver. Um, you're going to have those guys. That doesn't necessarily mean that you uh, you know have to uh, you know shadow him. It just means that when you don't have Kamari lined up, you're going to send that safety over there, and you're going to give some extra help. Yeah. Right, what else we got for us, James? I mean, last thing is, you know, I. I I'm not too concerned about Ole Miss as I was about Missouri. I think Missouri. You know, naturally, they, their scheme, the way they play, it's always given Georgia a tough time. Um, and I, I think, you know, if Texas A&M is going to be able to take advantage of Ole Miss, I think Georgia is going to be able to take advantage of them on offense. And in that second half, it was bend, don't break, and for the offense, score every series. And they did that. And, you know, we may have a first half, but this seems like the Georgia's MO. Get to the second half, put points on the board, bend, don't break on defense. Very fair. Love it. Hi, right, James. Hey, thanks, Jersey. Thank you. Go Stetson. Tell the, tell the lady in the background we said hi. <laughs> yeah, give awesome. Georgia, give Georgia our best, too. Yep, she's sitting here sleeping next to me. So let's, all right. We're sneaking around to keep her quiet. I gotcha. All right. All right. We'll see Take you, James.
Take care. I do want to mention uh, uh, Mark Thompson. That is the man who, like I said, when you guys send in all those super chats, and we got a lot of them to put on the screen here, that he's the one that's uh, uh, filming all the games for us out at uh, Buford, and he sent me a bunch of stuff last night. I put one of them out, and then, of course, he put out one, and uh, some of our competitors stole it and ran with it. I'm like, you bastards. Don't steal our – these are exclusive clips, you assholes. Yeah. So we mentioned him. All right, uh, Dane, let's get your thoughts on the game, and then yeah. we'll bring on Andy, Heath, and uh, Eddie. I'm curious what teams will see what Missouri did and try to implement some of that. Georgia struggles against mobile quarterbacks. I think most teams do. That's not a very unique thing. It's a hard thing to defend. Uh, on the screen over here, Jalen Miller just ran a touchdown against LSU. Running quarterbacks are harder to defend than ones that stand in the pocket, unless you're just deadly accurate on everything. And Ole Miss has some of that, but I don't think Ole Miss has – the volume of playmakers that Missouri does, and definitely on defense, I don't think Ole Miss can replicate what Missouri did. And so I, I kind of see a shootout happening next week in Athens. I think Ole Miss will score on Georgia. Uh, I don't know how much, but Georgia is going to be able to score 30-plus, maybe into the 40s on Ole Miss. And, uh, you know, that, that's going to be a longer game. This is not going to be watch the clock bleed out, get conservative at the end of the half. These are going to be two teams trying to go up and down the field, and I think they'll be able to do it. You know, you know, Dane, I actually I'm not so sure about that. Because not so I'm if I'm yeah, not so fast. If I'm Georgia, I think of how can I keep Ole Miss, you know, they're going to move the ball. So how do you get them to kick three as opposed to scoring six? Which was exactly what they did against Tennessee last year. A lot of people predicted a shootout and that Tennessee was gonna score, and they were gonna go up and down the field, and yes. Uh, Hooker missed a couple of throws that, that could have changed that complexion, especially early. But Georgia had an excellent game plan that let them get those yards in the middle of the field, and especially early, they were settling for three. I don't know how they do it, but that's 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 exactly what they're going to do. I think you're going to see a lot of bend but don't break next week, trying to keep Ole Miss from, from getting in the end zone. Because to, to me, that's how you beat that team uh, yeah. if you're Georgia. You you know, and you avoid that shootout scenario because you know uh, the last time Georgia was in a shootout, it had to rally, and obviously it was the Ohio State game, and you don't want to be in that position whatsoever. <laughs> so uh, you know, you you want to you want to try and keep things uh, limited, and I think that's Georgia's uh, uh, best case next week. So I, I don't know. I, I think, and a lot of times in football, when the most expected thing just doesn't happen, like I had a friend last night text me. He's like Clemson. He's at Notre Dame's a three and a half point favorite favorite over Clemson. Like that's ridiculous. And I was like, yeah, don't bet on, don't bet on Notre Dame because we all think Notre Dame's going to win this game. And usually that doesn't happen, especially when you see a wild line like that. I, I don't know. I kind of see. I I don't know if I see a shootout. Quite honestly, to your point, that's how Georgia beat Missouri tonight was the red zone defense. If those yeah. are touchdowns instead of field goals, then Missouri might win that game, or at least it's even a little bit closer and, and not having to be two possessions so late. Right. I, I guess the difference with Tennessee last year is to me, Ole Miss is a more balanced team. They can run the ball. They have one of the best running backs mm -hmm. in the country. Sure. Uh, and then mobile quarterback as well. I don't think Hendon Hooker was was very mobile. Tennessee had the the downfield passing threat that maybe Ole Miss doesn't have quite as much of that. But just overall balance, which I think mobile quarterback, good running game, that does a lot against Georgia's defense because it does a lot against all defenses. It's really hard to defend those things. And that's, that's fair. Yeah. A shout out to the Fear Bunch. Uh, you got uh, 
Guy Fear, his daughter Allison, one of my favorite people in San Chris, worked with him. Just salt of the earth, fantastic people. And the fact that he gave us a super chat does not hurt. But no, I, I know them. I've known them for many years. God, I'm embarrassed how long I've known him. But he watches uh, all the content, man. Like we'll get comments hours before shows go on. This is like super yeah. fan level. I love it. Yeah, dude, Captain Bob. You know, just just an absolute badass. But the fear when you meet a family and you like everybody in the family, it's not like you have somebody in the family you hate. Uh, so we appreciate him. Uh, uh, has, they, has there been an announcement on the game times yet? Or are we still waiting on that? I think that's Monday, right? Six game or six day window, or that might be tomorrow, actually, right? It would be tomorrow, I think. Tomorrow, yeah. I think they're going to do it pretty quick. And also, uh, shout out to uh, Paul Blanco. Uh, it says, appreciate y'all. Solid winning. It's a really good team. Shaking my head at the Zebras. Happy early birthday to my fellow Marines. And yeah, I want to go back to James. The CBS crew was atrocious. And they, you got the C-list crew tonight because it's, it's usually an entertaining. You know, you get a good crew. You've got veteran uh, guys in the booth. What, whatever you want to say about Gary, I don't mind him at all. Uh, you know, I, I don't. I tune those guys most. I, Walker. I'm watching I the tune them out board. for the most part. Like, there's little that anybody can say that drives me crazy. I just don't care. Uh, but man, it was painful at times. And then, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't remember seeing a replay on the Smile Monday uh, Blindside Block. Uh, maybe no, they did show. I, I didn't know who did it. You, yeah, so they just we said it was Smile Monday. Pass interference call. We didn't even know it. it was like Georgia. Yeah, throws ball. Ball it was. was oh yeah, it was incomplete. And all of a sudden, oh that that was pass interference. Would have been nice to freaking know how. how yeah, it was. It was not an enjoyable presentation, uh, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, if they're CBS next week, hopefully they get the A team. Yeah. Well, again, folks, that's why you do the watch along show with uh, uh, myself, uh, Dane Young, and Coach Don. And Coach Don was in his element tonight. He was calling plays before they happened. It was he was calling formations before they happened, results before they happened. It was it was uncanny. I really think he was. Uh, I think he's from the future. So, yeah, a shout out to Apollo Blanco. Uh, anybody that's been a Marine, that is so freaking hard to become a Marine. So, thank you for your service. And I mean that. And it's the Marine Corps' birthday uh, this week, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, happy birthday, Marine Corps. And they, and they all know it and they all celebrate it because you are never not a Marine. Once a Marine, always a Marine. You do not retire. You, you're, you are forever a Marine. There are some, uh, some badasses. People want to crap on them. Well, you would never you never do it to a Marine's face. You always say you would never, no. <laughs> All right, I think I need to go because uh Brent Rollins has his post-game thoughts uh ready to be edited. So I think it's about my time to uh to hop on on those responsibilities. Bring on uh Jason, thanks. Hey folks, uh, we yep. have a ton of content coming. Jason, when he leaves here, he goes and edits all that stuff and publishes it. So we got guys writing all sorts of stories, and Jason's going to be sure that we get rid of all the stupid misspellings and uh, that the facts are straight. So uh, be uh, thanks to him for all his hard work. And uh, be sure when you click off of this watch-along show, you go read all our stories. All right, we'll talk to you later, Jason. All right, y'all take care. Have a good one. All right, and thanks to uh, Jordan, uh, I'll say Couillard for the super sticker. You got Thank it. you very much, Jordan. That is fantastic. Uh, we really appreciate that. Uh, let's bring on uh, Heath Fox and Andy Stowe. We're going to go with Heath because I don't recognize Heath as much as I do Andy. Andy's always around. Andy's fantastic. But we're going to give Heath the, uh, the the slight edge and let him get his thoughts first. And then we'll go What's to What's going Andy. on, guys? Uh, no, my first time was last week. And I had said that we needed to worry about Tennessee and Ole Miss. And then 
um, I was watching later on in the show and I was like, oh crap, we got Missouri next week. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's, yeah. So, so uh, you're coming on and say, hey, I was, I was wrong. I was mistaken. I, I was looking ahead. Definitely, definitely wrong. I was overlooking Missouri for sure. And I remember what happened last year. Um, but obviously coming to the game, um, I, I think it took a lot of resiliency and um, composure in this game to, to win it. You know, um, Carson Beck, 21 for 32, 254 yards. Dejon Edwards, 16 carries, 77 yards and um, 4.8 uh, yards a carry. Um, I think Ladd McConkey did real well, uh, seven receptions, 95 yards, almost 14 yards a reception. Uh, they had a they had a great game. I I think offensive line um, struggled, um, and then defense yeah. there at the end struggled a little bit. Um, but we had some players go down on defense. So um, Jimmy Johnson um, went out with the shoulder, um, and then we had I think it was Lasseter went out. At the, yeah, he went out. So we had some defensive guys that were out late right there, and then um, uh, we got the pick there at the end, and you know we're we're nine and zero. So. I think it was a great game overall, but like like y'all were saying, man, Missouri's not a team to overlook. Um, uh, the running back was uh, Schrader. He he played a great game. You know, he had, he's a a great running back, and so yeah, I'm, I'm coming back to the show and and saying I definitely overlooked Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> so, but. I did That's that with Auburn earlier in the year. Like, I think there are just teams that match up well against Georgia and Georgia's scheme, and it seems like that the Eli Drinkwitz has figured out something that other teams yeah. haven't been able to replicate against Georgia. And, and I think Hugh Freeze has a bit of that coming too. So, you know, in future years, tougher matchups for Georgia. I think Missouri and Auburn are going to be right up there. Andy, how does Missouri get so much penetration on Georgia's offensive line in back-to-back years? I don't know because that's what's weird. You would think that we would see something on like on film and say, okay, we can, we got to stop something. And, but now you saw a lot. There was, I mean, some just straight missed blocks too. Like, I, I mean, Oscar Dell had a great game, but like he just, I saw him whiff like twice, I think. But, um, I mean, like there was just a lot of missed blocks. But another thing, um, you mentioned the running game, you mentioned, um, Dejon Edwards, but, if you take away his long of 22 and you take away Kendall Milton's long of 15, we only averaged 3.65 a carry. So we didn't run the ball great. And that was on the, you know, Schrader, he only had a 13 long and still averaged over five. So our running game is just not there. And so I didn't get to watch the watch along, but what was a coach saying about their D line against our, against our offensive line? Like what does he think is the reason we weren't able to run on them? Dane. I mean, some of it, Missouri just brought a lot of people in the box, right? And so some of it's just a numbers game. But they they kind of cut back in some different ways that other teams don't. They, they just they, – they run a different defensive front. Brent would probably know more than, than I would scheme-wise about it. Okay. He'll be on here in just a few minutes. But, um, you know, overall, like, Georgia's a passing team as well. Like, that's the identity of this offense. Of like, when things have got to happen, this is going to be play action when you can, but they – couldn't do that much today uh, and then other than that rpo and drop back like that's just who this team is based on where the skill players are especially with bowers out mcconkey being your best offensive guy right now you're probably more likely to get you know third and seven if you throw it to mcconkey even if it's behind the line of scrimmage than you are to hand it to Dejan edwards 
when Lad McConkey, I, I posted it and I think you put it on the screen, but when Lad McConkey made that play, it was, I think it was the third quarter, like I think five minutes into the third quarter. He called it at the line. He got a 16 yard, um, 16 yard first down. He spun around that, um, the tackle and got that. Like that guy, he is, I know you love him, Dane, and like, but I don't think people realize how good that guy is. He is legit elite wide receiver. He is, I mean, he, he is going to be an NFL wide receiver. I've been saying he's Georgia's second best offensive player. I he may be Georgia's second best player. Like Bowers is is the top of the heap, but after that, it's like McConkey and Malachi Starks to me. Yeah. In terms of talent, I mean, Mims has talent. He has the body, but he's not out there playing. So McConkey's special, and he's one of the he best is. players of the Kirby era. Yeah, he's. I think Michael Bowers nails it here, talking about the the other players. How many players have stepped up and being used? If you look at the fact that. We've had so many injuries to this team. And when you get those guys, in other words, when you see how important Lad McConkey is, the fact that he missed four games kind of blows your mind. And he comes back and he third down is McConkey's down. I don't even call it third anymore. I call it, you know, uh, Lad and eight, you know, or McConkey and three, or however long he, because that's who you're going to go to to get, get it converted. And the teams know you're going to go to them and they still can't stop it. So if you get him, you get Brock Bowers back, get Amarius Mims back. Somebody was asking about Rod Robertson or, or, uh, earlier. He was healthy. He could have played this week. But, I mean, he's just not as good as the two guys ahead of him. Uh, the fact that Ladd is, you know, balling out and you didn't have him for those first few games, every time somebody goes down, there's a lot of comments here, next man up, next man up. What are you going to do? What does it look like with Dumas Johnson? Out? How well did Jalen Walker play? How well did C.J. Allen play? Those guys have played fantastic. And, again, we talked about the Missouri team. Nobody on their offensive front gets snaps. But Georgia has depth up and down the line, and you lose uh, – uh, I can't think of it. Uh, Kamari Lasser. Yeah. Julian Humphrey's been playing a lot the last few weeks. And, you know, he thought about Julian Humphrey had a pretty damn good game. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he had a great game. Um, you know, like you were saying earlier – He's uh, he's young, and but I think he steps up. And like you said, when somebody goes down, it's next man up. And and that's, you know. Everyone that's, says that's that, not, but it's not always true. Well, and it's, like, it's, it, look, I, I'm not throwing shade here at other guys, but it, it, receiver, when guys have gone down, like, man, you saw it, Dylan Bell short-armed a ball. Yeah. Rob Rob Thomas had a slant across the middle that he should have caught. Like, yeah, great receivers catch that. Yeah. You don't see McConkey making those mistakes. No. No, and that, and that should have ultimately been a touchdown or a first down. Can't remember which one it was, but if he catches that, you know, it's it's a different ball game. We're up so much more. And um, and, and another thing is, you know, I'm not like I said, I'm not going to take shots at Bobo, but when we were right there at halftime, it's two minutes, under two minutes, and we run it. You know, like y'all y'all were saying, Dejon Edwards. Um, you know, I don't understand why we run it up the middle twice and we're third and ten. And we give it back to him with a minute left. You know, um, I thought that – I mean, that's what something I recognized during the game that made me a little frustrated. But, um, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. But, you know, that's something that I just thought wasn't the best play calling. I, I don't think you're wrong. I think it was just a weird chess game between both teams of those last three possessions of the first half. It was very much, this is 10-10. We don't want either team to get an advantage here. So, we – right. We, don't want to risk the mistake. 
more than we want to be aggressive and score points. And that's usually not Georgia's way anymore. Like Georgia's, yeah, right. we're not the hunted, we're the hunters. And in that case, Georgia's like, nope, we're happy to go 10-10. Let's try to get it. Yeah. Let's get in the locker room. Let's talk about the adjustments we're going to make. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. It, yeah. it looked like Kirby was like, okay, we're tied. Let's just go <laughs> in and, and just, you know, try to figure this out. Because they're good. They, whatever their scheme is that they do different, they have they have something for Georgia. It, it's crazy. I mean, I've yeah. Hey, hey, but give Missouri credit. When they came out, they got the ball first. How yeah, quickly they were they down the field? My God, I was like, when that happened, I was like, <laughs> I, was, I mean, really, like, I, I was never, I know, I was never worried about that game. But when, when they came out that second half and went crazy, I was like, oh God, like that was my first, like, oh, we may lose this game. So, yep. And also, yep. Um, I don't know who Clay Vandergriff is. What um, <laughs> what was that that play with Brock Vandergriff? Like, why did? Oh like, my goodness! Quarterback <laughs> yeah. draw, baby. But why? Like, yeah. it, like, it was. I think Eddie sent us a text, or maybe Paul. It was like he was like, <laughs> yeah, you that just it's like Justin Fields on the fake punt. Like you you, you saw that coming a mile away. I mean, yeah, I would have liked it if they'd have let him throw on the ball. I, I thought that would have been you know just like kind of trick them. So, but yeah. if, I think if the snap had been clean. Yes. Now that you was had a good block. And then all of a sudden, I mean, because you saw that uh, you when Carson Beck was able to run on him, and again, your leading rusher for three quarters of the game was you know uh, Brady Cook. So I, I'm like, okay, well we can do that, and we're going to bring this guy in. Uh, maybe he fakes it, but I think if it had been a clean snap, he's such a strong guy, so hard to tackle. I love the idea. Just like I love the idea of between the twenties. Uh, Hand the ball to Dejan Edwards, get inside the 20, hand it off to Kendall Mill to let him power it in. Uh, you get down the red zone and you decide you want to actually have a threat for the quarterback run, bring in Brock Vandegrift. Try it out. Yeah. Try it. Don't leave it on the sideline. You know, at least you put it out there and see if it works. You know, if it doesn't, now, hey, maybe they don't do that against Ole Miss. Maybe they don't do that against Tennessee, but you're like, hey, we tried it. So I did like it. What if it works? You got to be like, oh man, that's fucking genius move. <laughs> exactly. That's a case, Andy. We just don't see the majority of stuff that they work on in practice. And right. I looked at that and I'm like, okay, they have a red zone package for Brock Vandergriff, and they probably have for the entire season. Yeah, well, I like when when they ran back on that quarterback draw they ran with him. I thought that was a perfect call because nobody was expecting that. And I mean, if he almost breaks that, so yeah, I thought that was a great call. Now, my question is now that it's on tape, what are the variations that you see later if Vandergriff gets a red zone package? Maybe it is a tight end coming across the back of the end zone and he tosses it. Or maybe you never see it again. I have no idea. Tim I would love to see him pull up at the line. He runs forward two steps. That's what I wanted. Yeah. No, no, I don't want to jump pass. I've never liked the jump pass, but I always love when you see that uh, inside linebacker. He comes running up, and all of a sudden you have that – Z wide receiver running across the back of the end zone there, and the safeties come up, and everybody's trying to stop the running quarterback. And you got a one on one. Yeah, just lob it to him. It's brilliant. And I think so, with yeah. Brock being Brock Myers being out, I think you know we're obviously having to show our play playbook a little bit more. Um, and and I think we're trying to hide that a little bit. I mean, we've seen the first flea for Laker that we've seen all year, and you know we we're seeing things that. We haven't seen um, Georgia's, Georgia's offense do. And so I think with Brock being hurt, and I think we're trying to keep that playbook hidden a little bit. But with him being hurt, we're trying, you know, we're, we're having to show it a little bit more, too. So I think that has a lot to do with it, too. 
I've been told they work on infinitely more in practice than you ever see in games. Like, yeah. like twenty yeah. percent of what yeah. they work on gets reviewed. Yeah. Like they everything. There's just a volume of things that they work on that they never come close to calling. So, right. right. But but I'm sure you're right that when Bowers isn't there, it does kind of change your priorities to some extent, just because other players aren't capable of what he is. Yeah, and that's right. what you know. People want to say the next man up thing. There's not a next man for Brock Bowers. That he <laughs> no. no, but hey, no. shout out to Oscar Delt for having some good plays and uh, making Lost Lucky grow up. They put ran a lot of twelve personnel today. Uh, thanks to Jordan Couillard, another addition. He says, "I love the dogs. Love the number one dogs podcast." Yeah. So again, that's hey, Jordan's Jordan's throwing money at us like I got my booty out. I love it. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm dancing. We're going to start getting Jordan Couillard tattoos at this rate. Right, seriously. I mean, well, hell, he's paying for them. I love it. So we, we appreciate that. All right, guys. Um, let's bring on Eddie. And I'll tell you what. I'm going to step up for just a second. I'm, Dane, if you would. I can take the reins. What the hell Eddie has to say? I, I can't trust this. Gonna, he's going to be st- yelling at the clouds. probably drunk, but uh, we'll see. I'm going to make fun of him before I leave. <laughs> he just left. He didn't. Even get, he didn't make fun of me. He just left. I mean, he told you. He said that you know, you never know what you were going to say. I trust you, Eddie. I think you're going to make the right decisions. Thank you, Dane. How are you guys tonight? We're good. Uh, good insight. Game, good insight. So I want to take you guys back to 2009, Alabama. Do y'all remember when Terrence Cody blocked that kick against Tennessee? And yes. That propelled them to the national championship. You remember that? Yeah. I know you do, Dane. You're shaking your head. Yes. That, to me, was the Nazir Stackhouse play tonight. I think that guy saved our season. That was a humongous play. And I'm with you guys. The broadcast was awful. I thought the angles were terrible. It wasn't in HD. It seemed like regular feed to me. And they kept showing all these weird angles. Yeah. And they never showed that that play that was a, what, I don't know, that brought us back to the 30 when Nazir made that play. I don't know, whatever. That's all fine and good. But. To me, guys, the difference in the game was we come out of that 10 to 10 at half. And I agree with you earlier when you said, what were we doing there to go into the half? We just kind of farted around, you know, did whatever. Okay. So Missouri goes down the field and they get three points. I thought that right there was huge. And then we go on a on a on a drive and we score with eight ten left. And that was the Kendall Milton play. Y'all remember that? Okay. Yep. And then after that. My boy, Julian Humphrey, Andy, he made a great <laughs> stop there. He made a great stop. You remember yeah, that? He did. He and did. we get the ball back, okay? And we went on a death march, and we scored with 38 seconds left in the third quarter, okay? And that was the Oscar Delp touchdown. When we did that, I said, game over. Game over, okay? I know, I know Missouri made some plays after that, but that was the play of the game when we went down the field like we did two in a row to get two touchdowns. I thought that was humongous. The forgotten play is going to be Ladd McConkey turning a loss into essentially a first down to keep the drive alive to get that touchdown. Andy mentioned that. That was well, that play I, spun around. Well, right? I, that was – yeah. That Well, I was talking about the third – yeah, right there at the third quarter with um five minutes into the third quarter. Yeah, it was going to be right at the line, and he got 16 yards. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I – and the other thing, guys, I'll say this. I think – when Javon Bullard blew up their quarterback, he started thinking about that the rest of the game. And Carson Beck, to me, looked a little nervous and skittish in the first half. And he overcame that. And he played like a man possessed in the second half. Now, I mean, it wasn't great stats. It wasn't all. 
but he was poised. He got the job done, and the offensive line made some adjustments to keep him protected because they were getting blown up in the first half, and that really made me nervous. It was not good in the first half. I totally disagree with Jason, but that was not a good first half at all. I thought we looked like absolute crap, and Kirby made some adjustments. The offensive lines made some adjustments, and we looked like a championship team. That's what they do. Well, Eddie, if a team like Missouri brings pressure like they did – do you think the other teams down the line say, hey, that's what kind of worked for them, and that's what slowed down Georgia's passing attack, at least for a half? Do you think more pressure is coming in the in the next two weeks? Probably, but do they have the, – the, the thing about – y'all were saying that earlier, and you were saying that about Ole Miss coming up. they got to have the bodies and the players to do yeah. that. And I think Missouri has the players to do that. Does Ole Miss have the defensive line to do that? I don't think that they do. I really don't. And I don't think that Tennessee does. That's the next two opponents, right? Missouri matches up really well with our offense. And Eli's are, I mean, he was on the verge of being fired at the beginning of the year. That guy's a hell of a coach. And they got some players there. They can make some plays. I don't see Ole Miss doing what Missouri did tonight. I really don't. Ole Miss gave up 152 rushing yards and 305 passing yards. They went 457 total yards. I noticed you didn't mention Georgia Tech in that group. They did win today, though. <laughs> hey, they're in the ACC championship hunt. Which is yes. Crazy. That is insane. <laughs> Sad how bad the ACC is. I mean, yeah. But, but yeah, I don't, I don't think Ole Miss has the guys that can stop us either. If we can – I know Kirby says stop the run, run the ball. If we can run the ball next week, I think we can, we can control that game pretty easily because Dart, he had – Dart only ran the ball for um, – Eight yards today, three rushes for eight yards. So, and he's more mobile than that. So, I'm sure they'll probably have some more packages than that. But yeah, he only ran for eight yards. Do you think he's more mobile than Brady Cook or not? No, I, I don't know. I'm asking. <sighs> I think Dart's more mobile than Brady Cook. Yeah. I think is he, he is. Yeah, I think he is. And so he's, he's a lot like, than Brady Cook. That yeah. was a real concern in the first half, but they, they figured that out in the second half. Yeah. They stopped that. They shut it down. They shut yeah, it down. He, they really did. I mean, they made he, some adjustments. He, I mean, I don't know how many carries in the first first half, but he had ten. Um, uh, he he ran for thirty nine yards, but you know, like like they were saying, they went in at half and they found a way to stop that. And um, but I I don't know if I don't know if Brady Cooks, uh, I don't know if he r- runs like that all the time or if he just had a good, great day against uh, Georgia's defense. Not typically that much. Usually it's about 30 yards a game, and what he almost doubled that. There's yeah. a cumulative effect to playing Georgia. Like to me, he looked at, he was getting tired in the second half. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. He, he wasn't quite as fresh to, to run that way. And that's pretty normal against Georgia. Like, where, where's yeah. the depth there? Um, Heath, I know we have someone else um, down here in the waiting room. So, any uh, final thoughts from you? Man, no final thoughts. Go, dogs. And, Let's kick Ole Miss asses next week. <laughs> good stuff, Heath. Thanks for joining us, man. Hope to see hey, you back appreciate here. Appreciate you guys. Have a good night. All right. Uh, let's bring on John is hanging out with us. What's, What's up, up guys? What's up, John? How y'all doing? Well, what's your thoughts hey, on this hey. game, man? I mean, it was, it was a good win. I mean, we say it every week. I mean, you're going to get everybody's best shot. And I list listen to Drinkowitz's post game. I mean, they came off a of bye week and said they spent about ten days on this. I mean, so again, you come out with a win. A win is a win. Uh, but 
I want to ask y'all something, and I guess I'm not as ver- obviously not as versed as you guys, but with the with the untimely passing of Devin Willick, and then with uh, Mims out, how 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 depleted are we on the O line as far as age? And I just feel like that is not one of our strong suits this year. I think they do enough, but like we just don't have the maulers other than this uh, uh, Van Pran. Are you I saying O line as a whole, or are you saying O line as a whole? O line as a whole. I just don't feel like. And again, I'm not trying to bring up, you know, the Willick situation. I imagine he would have started, but you know, I just don't feel like we're getting movement like we have in the past. Well, let me ask you. Let me ask. Can I, can, all right, I'll ask you a question. Did you feel that way in the second half? Yeah, I mean, and, and again, really? I think. I well, I think we did it. We were effective. I just. Again, I, again, rich man problems. I, I, let me just preface with that. <laughs> yeah. I, I understand that. It, it, it's hard to be critical when you've what, won 20, 26 in a row or whatever. Sure. It is, 25. But, you know, I, I, you know, they did take over the game. I just – are we just that depleted? It is, and, I, and I know those are the best options. They're never going to play somebody that uh, doesn't give us the best option to win. I just – again, if, you're, if we're being critical – and we're overreacting. Uh, to answer your question, like it's a little bit of, of both, right? Like there's some talent there, but there's not depth there. There hasn't been depth at tackle all season long. There's not a Broderick right. Jones on this team that you're like, okay, that guy's going to stone right. everybody. If there is, it's Amarius Mims, and he's been been hurt and coming back from right. that ankle injury. And even then, he's still improving, right? It, that's a lot of projection of what that body is and what we've seen him do in some limited time. You know what you get in Cedric Van Pram because you've seen it for multiple years. I thought Tate Ratledge last week uh, against Florida had the best game of his best career game. in Georgia. Yes, yes. And so, like, you see flashes from him and say, yeah, he can be special, but it's not always the most consistent thing. You know, I think NFL guys will tell you Ernest Green may not be a natural left tackle, that maybe that's a guard in the future. I don't know about that. Um, you know, right tackle, look, Xavier Truss, Man, he, he's a plug-and-play guy, but he's not going to be the priority at right tackle. I think Austin Blasky would have been that, but he got sick in preseason, and he dropped some weight and was trying to recover from that. And then he right. had some injury, the MCL injury in his knee, and so he he hasn't been available there, and that's why you saw Monroe Freeling get some playing time. That's a true freshman tackle in the SEC on a two-time national championship contender. I think that right. answers your question yourself. That like, Ernest Green. Ernest Green is essentially a true freshman. I mean, I know he was yeah. here last year, but he was out with the back. Took the end. words out of my mouth. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a freshman you got there. I mean, yeah. come on. And and I'll ask you again. What about the second half? I mean, I agree with you a hundred percent in the first half. Hundred percent. They were yeah. there were problems, sacks, etc. But the second half, I thought they cleaned that up. They look like a different offensive line in the second half. To give yeah, credit no, there, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, no, no. I'm again just a general question and again. Again, never – not that I played, but you, as a fan, you never apologize for winning. It's just overreacting, sure. I guess. Sure, and sure, then my, sure. my next question, and I'm certainly – if this is something for the board and maybe I'll just ask it in general, when he says somebody's out for personal reasons, which is what they he said about Xavier's story, is that a suspension or is that like a true personal reason? Because we're going to need him now. Pops out. Yeah. It, it can mean a lot of different things. Uh, in the case of Darius Smith, my read on it was that it was some academic-related things, maybe some attitude-related things as well. Sometimes that means like there's a family issue that needs to be taken care of and they need to go away from the team for a little while. 
Um, and yeah, and, like and it's, again, it's a catch-all, but sometimes it, like sometimes that's not the public's business to know what's going on with a player's life like that. Right. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, just general question. And then the last thing I have is if y'all didn't mind at some point, ask Coach Don, like what I want to know what what gets an official put on a radar? Like <laughs> if you don't and I'm not trying to be like, but like those guys today were really bad for both sides. Mm-hmm. I mean, they mm-hmm. missed two or three face masks. I think they missed two or three horse collars, but I know that's yeah. And they clearly missed and again, Drinkowitz was ticked on that ball to close the half when um the running back went out of bounds and they oh, kept that was the horrible. running. That was like, horrible. Again, advantage Georgia, but I'd have been yeah. pissed too. Like I, I mean again, if off season or y'all have them on during the week, like I'd love to know if they get graded and how many they get to miss. And he may not know. I don't know. But well, well I about, can tell how you. About, just... How about the well, how about the incomplete pass when the announcers are like incomplete, incomplete, Gene Steratore, incomplete, and the refs come back and say complete pass. Yeah. That was yeah. horrible in the first half. And I'm like, that guy was completely out of bounds. And I was like, good for Georgia, but that was an awful call. He was completely out of bounds. Go ahead, Dane. I can tell you two things just from having. I've sat inside Coach Donner for, what, four years now. Um, one, Georgia scouts the referees every week. Like oh. they, they look at the history of the refs. What do they wow. kind of allow to happen? What do they not allow to happen? Like, look, Georgia checks out everything. Before the Vandy game, they sent a crew up there to see where the players would go at halftime because the construction had – like, they didn't go to the normal locker room. They went to this wedding tent, essentially, that was popped <laughs> up there. And so, like, they, they go scout everything, including referees. But the other so, thing that happens is that teams do communicate with the SEC with calls that they think were not handled properly. That happens almost weekly, and they get feedback from the SEC based on that. And I think that conversation over time probably builds of, like, hey, if this ref had multiple issues for multiple weeks with multiple teams, maybe something's wrong. Yeah, so, again, I and I think I heard you right, and it really got me. So, Kirby Smart has a dude, once he finds out the officiating crew, that is scouting the officials. Yeah. That is unbelievable. That's awesome. That's all fine and good, but what does that do for you, Dane? You're scouting the officials. They suck. They suck. I mean, you can scout them and say, this guy's terrible. What are you going to do about it? It's not that this guy's terrible. It's that right. this guy doesn't call pass interference at the same rate that this guy does. Okay. So maybe you're All throwing right. it so down the field a little less, more frequently you, because they're be going to be handy. a little more physical okay. in this game. Or like, I'm going to be able to get away with this in the trenches because they haven't called holding but twice all year long. Okay. Gotcha. It, it, it's that kind of thing. But like, you know, some of it's analytics and data uh, and things do break the molds that way. And sometimes like refs call things and you just have to deal with it. But yeah, yeah I, I looked at Roddy one time in the watch along show tonight and I said, this is one of those games that, that both coaches are mad at the refs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, appreciate what y'all guys do. Thank you very much. Thanks for hanging out with us, John. Come join us again. All right. Thanks, John. Hey, yeah. someone posted earlier in the chat. They said, when is the last time Georgia gave up a 100-yard rusher? It was last year versus Appalachian State. Um, they gave up um, 168 yards to um, Cameron Peoples. Is that true? Because I thought that, I, man, I gave up. If that's the case, Andy, and I'm think, not saying- No, I may be wrong, but I think. I've been looking to see if and that's the first one I've seen. Huh. Well, then you're better at this job than I am because no, I, well, I, I may I be don't wrong. think much. <laughs> Fair. Wait, you, you said last year? Yeah, um, 2022 versus App State. Because they have not given up a 100-yard rusher in a game, I think it's since, since then. So You're saying Georgia, right? 
Yes. Georgia didn't play App State last year. When did we play them? In 2022? Or... Um, in, in 2020, they gave up, gave up over 100 yards to Chris Rodriguez at Kentucky. So that was the last that I saw. They gave up 108 to him. Oh, no, sorry. I, I'm... Yes, that was – I looked up the – that was the wrong game. Um, this is called research live. Yes. <laughs> yeah, research live. It's captivating. Uh, Peyton Thorne almost got 100 on Georgia earlier yeah, in the season, so he got 92, I think it was. Yeah, uh, see, Larry Glover knows. We didn't play App State last year, dumbass. Just hire, hire Larry. Um, yeah, Larry's good. Hey, Roddy, hey, the, bo- the, the bottom line is uh, Schrader is smaller than Andy Stowe, and he torched our ass. He that guy's good. He's yeah. really good. He's not very fast, but man, he's hard to get down. Yeah, exactly. He hides very well. I'm looking at that box score. Last year, Schrader had six rushes for 89 yards versus us. Wow. So, <laughs> that's a random one. Hey, yeah. Roddy, can I give a shout out to ASW since I'm wearing their hat and yes. they're just cool folks? Um, I'm drinking the Fiddler bourbon tonight and I need more. Hello, Chad, my yeah, friend. About out. That's why you need to be on your third bottle like me. Yeah. Um, but if, if you're tailgating, which you're going to be tailgating a lot next week because it's Georgia versus, Oh, Roddy. Oh my gosh. Right yeah, the bottle. Good yeah. stuff. Shut up. Yeah. Leave me alone. Yeah. Uh, Ole Miss versus Georgia is kind of the tailgate <laughs> bowl next week. And if someone wants to take that term and run with it, I'm fine with that. But if you are tailgating, at home or on campus next week, you need to have the Hunker Vodka. Roddy has it behind him right there. It is the newest product from ASW Distillery. And, you know, ASW is distilled by dogs. But the Hunker Vodka, every bottle of that that is sold, some of the proceeds go to Classic City Collective. And that means that uh, some of what ASW is doing ends up helping George's efforts because Classic City Collective is George's NIL arm. If you're using another vodka at your tailgate, you're probably supporting Texas. That's In other words, if you sons of bitches are buying Tito's, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> they give $20 million to the University of Texas. Are you trying to support your university or are you trying to support the Longhorns? I mean, ASW won't come out and take a shot across the bow like that, but we'll tell you what the truth is. The truth is ASW is giving money to UGA. They're giving it to the Classic City Collective, which they use to get players like Luther Burden or you know, guys that they're in the hunt for. So if you're trying to when when Jordan got out, Georgia got outbid for Luther Burden, if you will, because Kirby doesn't play that whole NIL game the same way. Uh, it helps them when all of a sudden you're trying to keep a guy. There were questions: Will Ladd McConkey come back next year? Well, you know what Kirby Smart likes to use NIL for: getting a guy like that to come back. That's what he did with Cedric Van Pran. How big was Cedric Van Pran this year? Yeah, I mean he's the overall leader of your entire football team. My point is. Georgia needs that, and in order to do that, they're not going toe-to-toe on a Caleb Downs or a Justice Haynes, you know, uh, Nygar NIL deal. They're trying to do it for guys who are proven, although they want those guys really badly, but you only have so much money. Well, now Hunker Vodka's out there saying, uh, look, uh, we'll give you money for every, every bottle that somebody buys. So do it. Yeah. Uh, ASW is founded by dogs. It's five of the six founders are Georgia grads. They like to say they are distilled by dogs. So I'm going to keep sipping point. on no, this. No, Georgia didn't outbid anybody for Luther. They got they they got outbid. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> Someone told me that Budweiser money. I don't know if that is actually what happened, but you know, Arch hates Tito. I <laughs> he could he might. Man, My point is, uh, the rumors you know, of that guy. So Georgia wanted him. He hadn't, he hadn't played. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, whatever. Well, hell, when he transfers to Georgia, then he can drink. Uh, he can drink uh, some 
Uh, Roddy, don't don't just say that that way, because then we're gonna have to deal with that in the vent all night. If Somebody was already posting that on the vent that he's transferring out. Did y'all see that like two days ago? Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. coming to Georgia. It's coming. It's gonna happen. But my, my point is, uh, for folks who who watch our recruiting show on Mondays, we talk about this all the time. There there are twenty five thousand dollar to thirty thousand dollar per month deals going to high school kids, depending on where they sign. Georgia doesn't do that. I know this for a fact. I talked to the people who give the money, but Georgia does a great deal when it comes to, hey, do you want to go to the NFL? Oh, you're coming back? We got a crazy NIL deal for you. And again, if you're if you're a company and you're giving Georgia money for your NIL deal, you're like, hey, what? how can I get Brock Bowers? How can I get Lad yeah. McConkey? This, this kid's defensive end. He's really good, but he hasn't played at all. I want a proven guy. Who would like to have Jalen Walker repping their product right exactly. now? Exactly. You know, so that's how they're able to get the money for those kids. So my point is what uh, our uh, hunker's trying to do is saying, look, we'll give money to those guys. We'll also give money to the new guys so that you can compete on both ends because, that, hey, Missouri is recruiting super well. They they bought Williams Nwanri. Uh You lose uh, K.J. Bolden, FSU, through a great NIL deal. And nothing against it. Those kids are fantastic. I hope they make a ton of money. It's 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 only fair. But at the same time, if you want to help your university, all we're doing telling you is change vodkas. Let me give some credit to Missouri because, like, you know, you're saying the recruits that they're getting an NIL, and yes, that is happening. Aww. But uh, the way that Missouri is developing some of these players that aren't as highly recruited, yeah. Brady Cook in included, year over year, that guy's significantly better than what Georgia saw last season. Same with this running back. I mean, that's a that's a JUCO transfer that I'd never heard of coming from somewhere, and. Uh, Missouri's turned that into a good offense. Like I'm really, really impressed with the development at Missouri along with like, they even said that their fans have turned that into a really loud stadium. And Roddy, you've been up there. Like I, I don't not. think of Missouri as that shit. No, it's not, but I mean, it's, it's a, it's a fun stadium to play in. The, the media workroom is garbage, but, uh, and again, they are loud and you see those kids that paint themselves yellow down front. I mean, they, they can, they can be loud. It can get loud there, but then when you, uh, have a guy like uh, Eric Stokes block a punt or something like that, you know, kind of changes the outcome there. Uh, but they are a good football team. You know, Ray's mad that I know about what uh, what did Mizzou offer Luther Bird. I know exactly what they offered him, and I know who did it. So don't don't shut shut your hole. Let me My ask you guys is, a question. Uh, Can I ask you guys a question? If Luther Bird, it, they they have great players and they're getting great players. And they it, just missed on Wingo barely. Yeah, and if and that's Luther, not over because he hadn't signed yet. If Luther Burden does not hurt his ankle on that almost touchdown, is it a different football game? Because he was hurt. Oh, yeah. He was not the same player after that. Dane, you just rolled your eyes. Tell me why. I I, I don't know he's how hurt. hurt he is. It's I don't have all the information, so I can't tell you. So like I don't know. He how was limping hurt around. Is. I mean, he he was clearly not the same Luther Burden. I, obviously, before an ankle injury, he's better than after. So, like, mm -hmm. I'm not saying anything groundbreaking there. I still think Georgia probably finds a way to win the game. Yeah, I do too. Just because, like, Georgia was was playing well enough on offense later in the game. As look, it's it's hard to play Georgia. Like, it wears on teams. And I think you saw Missouri start being not as efficient, not as as consistent, not as explosive. And maybe the explosive part is what you're saying with Burden. Like, if they can get an easy score, maybe that mitigates all those other factors. And you're probably right if you say that. I'm just saying at the end of it, I don't know that that's going to be the difference in the game. But credit to Luther for, for playing through that. Um, 
But well, he, I, was I thought he, was, he was a de- he was a decoy at that point. I, I, he was not healthy. Yeah, you know, we have huge. Oh, that guy, he's good. He's, yeah, he's really good. Kirby on the radio after was crediting the fans uh, for for the atmosphere, but he said that like on two plays they actually probably hurt Georgia because the the snaps at the yeah. end that Brady Cook like was having to catch because it was too soon. Mm-hmm. Georgia fans were so loud that like they couldn't hear the the count uh, the, yeah. the clap from the quarterback, and then that's how the back shoulder fades happened. He said we yeah. would have defended better if if it would just been a normal play. I and know. That, yeah. yeah, that was crazy. Stupid um, fans. You, you mentioned um, Javon Miller. <laughs> Um, no, uh, that's pretty awesome. Stupid fans, shut up. Um, <laughs> um, but now you mentioned Javon Bullard and that hit he had on that on the sideline over there. And I was watching it, and I actually re, I, you know, I rewound it to watch it again. When he goes in for the tackle, he kind of pulls his head back a little bit where he's not leaning with his head. Like to me, that's like textbook stuff where he, you know, didn't even have to worry about the Ohio State crying crap. That's all he heard about for a year was that yes. he was targeting. So it's like, well, I'm not going to give anybody a chance to talk about me. So yeah, but it was also he clear. I mean, he just cleaned them out, but he pulled his head back. I mean, it's you know they're teaching that like daily on the practice field. I, not, I, I, I go back to the head. That interception. I go, I go oh, back to the head. He made he made on Brady Cook, Andy, when he nailed Brady Cook on that on that up. blitz. He absolutely nailed him, and I think that got in Brady Cook's head for the rest of the game. I mean, he yeah. got blasted. Yeah, he, go ahead, Roddy. I'm he's, sorry. He's taking his head up. But I was just saying that uh, a Javon Bullard again, a guy who missed some time for Georgia. Just like it's almost you can point to every starter, every position they've had somebody get banged up. It's been a it's been a bad year for injuries. But the fact that when he came back, he's been lights out and. Some of the tackles he had, some of the reads he had, some of the yeah. diagnoses, uh, coverage, uh, that he is as important to the Georgia defense, he and Malachi Starks, as uh, Carson Beck and Lad McConkey are to the offense. I mean, he's just an absolute playmaker. And, you know, uh, shout out to Kirby Smart because people didn't go after him as much as Georgia did. Mm-hmm. They didn't go after Lad McConkey as much. The one thing that separates Georgia from everybody else, and I say this over and over again, is their scouting. That's what made Alabama so good. That's what made Clemson so good for a while there. Now you can scout them, and you can figure out who you know who to go after. Landing them is even harder. But the reason I bring that up is, you know what a lot of schools are doing now? Waiting for Georgia to identify a guy. Yeah, really? Waiting for Georgia to send out an offer. And then coming in with a huge NIL deal. It's like – uh, we identify, then they buy. I heard that that is a quote from inside the university, from inside the, the uh, system. And again, Georgia can go toe to toe with a lot of these schools uh, when it comes to talent. I mean, uh, comes to NIL, but it is Kirby Smart's roster management that wins you a game tonight when you lose two defensive starters, when you don't have a Marius Mims, when you don't have Brock Bowers. I mean, you got these are all SEC players who are not playing in your games. Smile, I mean, uh, Jamon Dumas Johnson. Uh, Kamari Lasser, also all SEC guys, as mentioned at the beginning of the season. So you got four starters out, and you still win a game against a top-12 team who's playing really well. That's because you got other guys that can go in. So Specifically on Millard, I've said this on our channels a decent amount, but, like, Eddie, you're one of the biggest Georgia fans I've ever interacted with. Andy, the same. Like, 
when you cover this and you get to know some of these players and Roddy, you've known this longer than I've been alive probably, <laughs> but like a lot of these players that end up playing for Georgia, they're not like Georgia fans. Like most of the people yeah, that no. would be watching a channel like this, some of them aren't even college football fans. They like playing the game, the rest of it, like they, but there are a few that like are Stetson Bennett and like I grew up going to games and this means a lot to me and my family and my heritage. And this has been my goal since I was a little boy. Javon Bullard is that he mm -hmm. loves Georgia. It means so much to him to wear that G on the side of his helmet. And he knows every time he does it, he's representing Milledgeville. And that, that means a lot to him and where he's from and the four, seven, eight and all those things. And you can kind of see it in the way that he plays and the way that he carries yeah. himself in interviews there's not much more of a likable guy on the team in yeah. terms of how much they care. And I hope that comes across. And I, I oh, probably yeah. said that and it may be in repeats on these channels, but man, I, I love seeing that from J Javon Bullard because it's just so authentic and real and easy to connect with. So I want to ask you guys a question. This kind of takes me back to last year when Nolan Smith went out, I think it was a Florida game when he hurt his pec, right? To me, and I'm not comparing the two because I think, I think Nolan Smith is – above and beyond what pops is but pops going out and he broke his what he broke his forearm right so that's probably out for the year he's the quarterback of the defense okay really okay all right well i'm sorry I I'm, I'm, I'm saying, i am saying i don't know that I'm, I'm, okay okay well it looked gruesome <laughs> it looked bad whatever what do we do next because i mean it's already I been think, in progress He's already been splitting some That's, reps. You've seen C.J. Allen get in there. C.J. Allen's the dude. You've seen Jalen right. Walker get more reps. Now, Jalen's on the edge. But, oh, Raylan Wilson coming in. I understand, yeah. but Pops is the quarterback, much like Nolan Smith is a quarterback last year. Can that can that be overcome? It helps when you have Smile Munden right there. It, it's not good. People will be like, well, we'll, we'll, be, we'll put a faster guy in there. It's not oh, all I about agree with you. Then last week against Florida, my timeline was full of idiots. And I'm sorry, folks. I love the people that follow me, but they were all there's so many people going, 10 is a liability. Pull Dumas Johnson. I'm like, it's not a liability. Okay. He, he missed a tackle. Oh, God. Yeah. Then he had like two sacks. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, oh, he he's the best. I'm like, oh, you sorry, mother. You know, so you're, you're ripping him when he misses one, but then when he gets a sack, and well, it wasn't two sacks, it was a sack and then a pressure. He almost killed uh Florida quarterback. But my point is, you know, the minute he missed a play, it was like, oh, he's a liability. Pulled him. I'm like, man, don't be that guy. Don't, don't just you know, look at the, the totality of his game. Mm -hmm. He identifies. He, he calls the play well. Uh, there's a reason he's a starter. There's a reason Jalen Walker is not a starter. C.J. Allen is not a starter. Xavier Story is not a starter. There's a ton of guys that can play middle linebacker. It's very fantastic, you know, very talented guys, very highly ranked guys. that can, They could can pop in right there. But Dumas Johnson, remember, as a true freshman, the uh, video that linked of him doing this uh, one-handed pick sick or uh, interception in a practice, you know, you knew that there was something different about him. He started early. I mean, somebody was asked him in a press conference, you know, through all these games you've played, he's like, man, this is only my second year, you know. But it feels like he's been there forever. You you lose his mind and you lose his toughness when he comes through that a gap with uh, head of steam. He's tough to stop. Now, can C.J. Allen do that? Maybe. But I, I will say this to your answer to your question. Jalen Walker, I think, could be that guy because he can play inside and outside. The problem is okay. he's just so inexperienced compared. He's raw. Yeah. He's raw. Absolutely. I would say raw as an onion. But you give uh, 
small Munden those call responsibilities. And somebody tell Jalen where to go. And remember, Jalen's the son of a coach. He'll get there. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's definitely – he's one of the brightest guys. I mean, he's going to be president. He, he, he or Cedric Van Pran, one of those two guys, is going to be running the country before it's all said and done. But that's uh, – I'm kind of almost, almost excited to see what he could do with a lot more plays. He played a lot today uh, yeah. on second down. Instead of just, you know, being the third down guy, he's worked his way up. But – Especially maybe trying to stop some of those edge rushes, you know, when they're mm-hmm. when they're doing those stretch runs to the outside. Now, if anybody can shoot through those backside gaps and just close it down, he can. Um, but keep an eye on Jalen Walker. And of course, remember CJ Allen getting all those stats at the very beginning of the year. Yeah. It's like, who the yeah. hell is this true freshman getting these yeah. plays? Yeah. Hey, Roddy, I'm about to slide out so Ben Chuffy Bachman can uh, take my spot because he's I know he's been hanging out. But if you want me to come back later on uh, and hang, just shoot me a text. Come on, baby. Hi, man. Talk to you later. Later. Hey, you guys. Oh, go ahead. Look at this. Look at that joy. That is Look awesome. at that absolute joy on Glenn Stewart's face. I, I'm just so sick that, that, A, that didn't turn into a touchdown, and, B, that there was some bullshit penalty that was never even shown on the broadcast i mean where was that penalty i mean i mean they, they i'm did glad he didn't like, score though if he would have scored and then they called it back that would have been the worst yeah that, that, you're right you're right you're right no doubt but i mean there's nothing better better than a fat man running down the sideline <laughs> like that i mean it's just so, tired. so awesome <laughs> just he had to get oxygen on the sideline what a telling play. you, I mean, that's the Terrence the Cody. That's the Terrence Cody play for us this year. I'm telling you, yeah, that's I it. I love that Coach Donovan missed me. <laughs> 78 right out of the gate. <laughs> How do you do that? You know, I mean, before the guy was down, of course, we're screaming. And we were supposed to be this unbiased, neutral media, and we are. Yeah, but, it, I mean, it, whoever it is to see a big man – who, you know, kind of disappeared the last few weeks. Yeah. You know, for him to actually get that one and to run down, everybody so roots great. for the big guys. Being a fat man myself, I'm always with the fat guy touchdown. And the fact that he jumped up, put a big meaty paw on it, made a hell of an athletic play. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Running down. yeah. You don't see a defensive end with a pick six, a defensive uh-uh. tackle, you know. Uh-uh. <laughs> well, it was, Three yeah. technique doesn't get a pick six, you know. No, that, it was crazy that he, he caught the ball because, like, when Cook threw it, like, I almost lost it, you know. And then I saw yeah. him and I was like, oh, crap, what, what, he caught was that it ball. A, was it a running back screen? Is that what he was setting up? I mean. No, I think he was flicking it to the wide receiver. Like, yeah, I think. Are you like serious? I, thought, I just assumed it was a screen Well, again, CBS sucks because we got very good poor coverage of what happened. Right, so, right. I saw someone post in earlier. They said CBS is is checking out. They're out the door. They're just throwing out whoever because they know that the, the SEC is leaving. And that's, I mean, this was terrible. This was the worst crew I've seen. Like, oh, it's I mean, horrible. Coverage Casey says angles. Not a fat man. <laughs> <laughs> we say that with love, Casey. You know. Yeah, I, mean. I know. I know. I know. It's great. Yeah. I like Drew Smith. I'm getting that framed. <laughs> and now here's the thing. That's from Catherine. She has photo uh, images of him. You know, perfectly in focus when he's running down the sideline. But I that love the fact that she actually got the background a too. Still shot right there. That is yeah, that needs to be framed. I need to put yeah. that on my wall. Hey, oh, that yeah. that right there could be what happened last year against Jaden Daniels when Jalen Carter lifted him in the air. I'm telling yes. you, if we win it all, that could be the picture. Right that there. time, yeah. 
Um, and again, I always tell these guys, don't look back over your shoulder. Don't look back. Who just was it run. that came in with that block and they were trying not, they were trying to like um, get in between. And so they just sort of threw their oh, body. Jimmy Carter doing this. Yeah. 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 Again, I tell you, smartest guy. He's not going to block somebody in the back, but I, I do what, don't remember who they called the uh, the blind side on, but it was immediate. It was Smile Mondin. Yeah, it was Smile Mondin. Smile right. killed that man the minute it happened. I mean, it was like it wasn't way after the play because you notice Georgia went back behind their own fifty. Yeah, they were back on the thirty. That's what I was like. Yeah, it's hot fouls. Like, yeah. I mean, he he killed him immediately in it, and he. What's did. funny about that, Roddy? It was when you and I played in high school and in college. The idea was to go find the quarterback and crack oh, his ass. And just well, and just blast that's the whole him. point. And now it's a penalty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we were always told, okay, there's interception, yell Oski. Yeah, that's right. And, yell Oski okay. and find the quarterback. And, and, and then him. you look for the QB. Yep. <laughs> yep. Or in our case, if we're playing Heritage High School, I'm looking, you know, I'm, I'm protecting Al Sadler, from, you know, our, our quarterback in Rockdale. And like, I, don't hit Al. You know, when wherever we threw one, but it was the other one is like, I'm gonna go find that heritage uh, wide receiver, that six foot six guy that kept ripping us. I'm gonna lay his ass out, you know, and even just on the other side of the field, I'm a block 60 yards away from it. But again, uh, he did what he's supposed to, but again, you can't yeah. hear old somebody like that. And I, yeah. again, I want that and on you a had to, You had to keep your head on a swivel, and nowadays you don't have to do that. I mean, that's what you had to do back then, but yeah. anyway, now here, I'm told that uh, Larry says. It was BS. He said their shoulders were squared up. Again, I don't remember. They didn't even show it. I, don't, I didn't I see it. That's what I didn't. I see saw it barely in like one of the in the film montages. You know, again, it was just awful. Like I said, they called. They couldn't even get Brock Vandegrift's name correct. You know, they called him Clay. So. Talking about Clay Vandegrift, I saw him in the gas station yesterday. That guy is massive now. He has gotten so big. God, he's huge. That's why I love that. I love the play of bringing him in. We're, we're gonna make fun of Ben when he comes on, but the idea of just saying, "Look, uh, uh, hey, go in there and run it. See if they can stop you." So yeah, but I mean, bring on Brit Ben and hear what the hell he has to say. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Hi, <laughs> hey, Ben. I got to step out. I got to get my nephews down here hiding over in the corner, so I got to take him. I got to take him <laughs> somewhere. He's it's time for ice cream, so he's he's had his dinner, so he's ready for his ice cream. I want so. ice cream. See you tomorrow, Andy. I, I will bring you some ice cream. Yeah. What What do you want? What, you, we're going to McDonald's. So. Ooh, rocket leave the cream for oh, me. Oh, there's chocolate then. Okay, chocolate chocolate ice cream. I'm on the way. If it works, if the machine works. Uh, that's I know it's getting late. That's what if it's nine o'clock. They'll, oh, they'll, they'll you know, fun, quick story, Andy. My parents oh. met working at McDonald's, so I kind of owe McDonald's my life. Oh my gosh, interesting. Yeah. So hey, I, hey, I love McDonald's. I eat there. And every time food. I went to that McDonald's that my parents worked at, ice cream machine never worked. I think it worked like one out of like. 20 times. Like, so was it really broken or were they there. just telling you that because they had already cleaned it and they didn't want to get it dirty again? I have no idea. It went out of business. So, oh, okay. <laughs> so all right, guys, I'll talk to y'all later. All right. See you, man. All right. We're going to let Andy out. I give us your thoughts there, big dog. That was on, the man. weirdest Georgia game I've seen in some time. That was the, the officiating in that game. Like I have a Mizzou friend. Um, and he he was he was there at that school for six years. He recently graduated, and he he was pissed. And I was like, the Georgia fans, everyone I talked to, pissed. That was one of the worst officiated games I've ever seen in my life. From the the get go, how you call a pass interference on Humphrey when Luther Burton is pushing off of him, 
and the ball makes contact with Humphrey's helmet. There was no pass interference on that. And then Ra Ra Thomas down the field. Now, I don't think that was a pass interference, but he was being hugged way tighter, mm-hmm. and they didn't mm-hmm. call that. So they weren't consistent. If they were calling everything, I'd be like, okay, they're calling everything. Yeah. Inconsistencies with the pass interference calls. Also, there were people complaining about the pass interference that was called on Delp on the zoo side. He got face masked two plays earlier. They should have been 15 yards further anyway. So I don't want to hear complaints. Yeah, they call a face mask on Georgia, but not on the one where Delp gets his damn head ripped off. And also on a sack, Carson Beck got sacked. I don't think anyone's talking about this. Carson Beck got sacked once. Guy grabbed his whole horse collar. His hand was all in there and yanked him down. I go, nobody's talking about this. So there were so many penalties. And then also some of these, like, we're going to review this one. You could tell the ball's at the 18, not the 17 with line of scrimmages. Why does it take 15 to 20 minutes to see where a ball landed? It's obvious. So, like, the officiating all around, I don't know what they were doing. I, I don't How about know the one, Ben, where he's bobbling the ball and he lands out of bounds and then catches the ball, and they called it – I mean, they they looked at it for 10 minutes and they were like, oh, it's a complete pass. And the announcers are like, that was incomplete. That was incomplete. That's not a complete. complete. Even Gene Steratore, how was that complete? Because he hugged it to himself as he before his butt hit. He hugged it, and then his ass hit out of bounds. That's yeah, a complete pass. No. No, he didn't. Anyway, that was horrible. Yeah, I, I thought on the surface that should have been incomplete, but then – Hey. Once they called it complete, I go, I don't think you can overturn it. That That's where I stood. I thought it was incomplete, but I don't think you could overturn that. But yeah. those were the drives that – also, I heard from one person that – I haven't reviewed it, that the Luther Burton first touchdown could have been OPI. I don't know if that was. But you look and you say Missouri got some points on drives from those officials. And I know Georgia, people sure. can say they got helped a little bit. But anyway, to, to the main point of the game, I think the issue with Georgia was the inconsistency with the run game. It was too inconsistent. There were drives in the game where I thought yeah. Kendall Milton got going. Other drives where he couldn't do anything. There was a play, I think it was a third and four, or it was like a second and four or something. He had a hole to the left, and he just went straight up the offensive lineman's ass. And it's like that could have been a chunk game. So the, the run game between the running backs. I mean, that one line, where if he cuts left, he he goes for a touchdown, right? Yeah, and it's just yeah, like the yeah, run yeah. Game, it was a combination. Yeah. I mean, Edward. Oh, your box. Even when Edwards, that, yeah. Even yeah. when Edwards was doing well, uh, he was stumbling. So I think between both the backs and also the protection was not good today. I thought on both tackles struggled at times in pass for, especially in the first half. So they have to get that cleaned up. But Lad McConkey is, in my opinion, as consistent of a wide receiver in the Kirby Smart era he's ever had. When he's fully healthy, oh, yeah. he's a different animal. If they had a fully healthy Lad and a fully healthy Brock Bowers, I don't think you can stop that pass game as long as protection strong. Because Beck. For as much as, the, as the, at the beginning of the year that Dane criticized him, he makes the right decision. And that was the thing I wanted to see out of Carson Beck. I think they have enough weapons. I think they are more talented than majority of offensive lines in the country for sure. They have a good enough offensive line. If he keeps making these right decisions, they can win games. Now on the defense, some inconsistencies at times, but I love that the pass rush as the season goes on got better. I thought at the beginning of the year, Mike, this pass rush is not good. I don't know if it's a scheme dependent. I don't know what it is. But when Jalen Walker each week gets better to me, he's, he he's around the quarterback getting sacks. I think he had a, one and a half sacks today. And he he made a couple key tackles. Um, when you look at the back end, like you guys brought up earlier, Jamin Dumas Johnson, him getting injured I think hurts because he is the quarterback of the defense and he's in the right position. Does he get beat and does he miss some tackles at times? And he's he the most athletic linebacker you want in coverage? No, he's not. No. But at the same, but at the same time, he helps other players do better. With, yep. And he's been the guy with the 
with, as they call like the green piece, who's making the calls to the defense. And I think that matters from a communication standpoint. So I do think that hurts that, that hurts them. Now, if Kamari Lasser's back next week, I feel very good because that dude's a first round corner. And I thought if I had to give out early game balls today, Lad McConkey and Peyton Woodring and Kamari Lasser are my three. I'm not going with anybody yeah. else. Those three balled out today. And I thought Luther Burden, regardless of injury, holding him to 50 yards is impressive. Yeah. My last point, run defense. The running back from Missouri is a star. They could not stop him. Even when they had good gap integrity, that guy just fought for extra yards, bounced outside. That dude was an absolute star. And George has got to clean up the run defense a bit. Uh, the way he leans when he runs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when they play Jackson Dart, who I think is mobile, and if they end up playing Bama, who's leading right now, your run defense has to be better because those quarterbacks can tuck it and run, and that's going to be a problem. They have to clean up the run defense a bit. They cleaned that up in the second half, though. I mean, Brady Cook didn't do that to him in the second half, right, Ben? I mean, they really cleaned that up. On the quarterback front, yes. Schrager still went off in the second half. I thought no, I, I, 100%. I'm talking about the quarterback running there. I mean, Cook torched them in the first half, and they stopped that in the second half. They, they, they did. He had 52 rushing yards in the first half. I don't recall how many he had in the second. wasn't much. Probably, it wasn't much. Probably lost yeah. yards, to be honest yeah. with Zach Yards. Probably yeah. lost yards. So they cleaned up the quarterback run in the second half, but that run defense I thought was the issue. I thought the pass defense was overall pretty strong. Yeah, on the day because this is it. This is the best passing attack you faced all year. I thought the passing yeah, attack. I mean, they're they're one. They're X, Y, and Z receivers. I mean, if you want to say those three, you know, your slot and your X and Z, fantastic. And then I think um, Georgia missed one of their guys. Their third receiver was it Mookie Cookie, whatever his name is. Uh, uh, yeah, Mookie, Mookie Cooper. Cooper. Yeah, I mean, twenty-one yard pass wide open, nobody on him. So. Uh, that was just uh, brutal. A good question here from Michael says, is it possible the coaching staff values disruption more than sack numbers? Kirby has said that in the past, but usually the problem is, you see, look at the first pass that uh, Brady Cook had. He caught it and immediately threw it. Uh, part of the reason Georgia's looked better the last two weeks when it comes to sack numbers is guys actually taking drops. UAB, uh, some of the other teams you played earlier this year, I mean, they're catching it and immediately throwing it. 2.2, 2.3 seconds. That's how long they're holding the ball. When you got a guy's taking a three-step, five-step drop and looking downfield, some of that is the secondary being good. You know, some of that's the the scheme they're running. And you know, some give in other words, there has to be enough time for you to get a sack. If the guy's not holding on to the ball, you can't do it. So I don't care how good you are. You could you can send everybody. And the first thing he's gonna do is catch and throw it to a, you know the hot route. So uh he made very few mistakes until the fourth quarter. And that's where I think we go back to the fact that Georgia's won so many in a row and are so comfortable playing at home. It's tough on a team to come into Athens and beat Georgia because you can't, you have to play mistake free football, which they did for three, almost three and a half quarters. Yeah. Yeah. And, and question, Ronnie is Amarius Mims like for sure coming back next week. Cause I'm shocked he didn't play today with how he went through warmups. I I mean, he he warmed up on the second team. So I'm kind of shocked. And when you're having a hard time stopping their pass rush off the edge, you got a nine technique coming in, uh, just and he's really good. And then they're overloading that side, coming, you know, you know, coming at you. Do you want to put in a guy who hadn't played the game in what six weeks, three? How many? How long? Because also, I think wasn't conditioning a problem for him in practice. They said more so than just. Uh... Well, it's tough, but I mean, you uh, 
do you, do you throw him through the wolves? I mean, Truss, who's been playing well up to this point, uh, is getting beat. You throw in another guy and make it worse. Again, uh, we saw people complaining about Dalen Everett, and we pointed out Dalen is the least dangerous guy to throw at. You don't throw at Kamari Lasser. You don't throw at Tyke Smith. You don't throw at somebody being covered by Javon. Well, sometimes they do like to attack the safeties, but you don't throw at Kamari Lasser. As your point, he's a first-round draft pick. Tyke Smith. Hey, hey guys, I'm going to buy out. Okay. Thank you, guys. Thank you all. See you, Eddie. Uh, and Starks. Yeah, you, you, you don't want to go after him, but do you uh, – someone said, well, if they're going to attack Dalen Everett, you know, uh, put in somebody else. I'm like, who? So now they put out Julian Humphrey. He did a great job on some of the plays. He also had a big PI that uh, I thought was ticky-tack. But, I mean, he, he's not yeah. as experienced as Dalen. But, again, at putting the next guy behind him into the game – is not always the solution to this guy's having trouble. There are other ways to do it. And all of a sudden, Georgia went to 12 personnel. They started chipping a little bit. And sometimes I love the Kendall Milton run inside that nine technique when they started lining up outside wide. It's like, okay, if you guys want to attack us off the edges like that, we'll run inside you off tackle. Good luck stopping that. And Kendall just gashed him. So sometimes you can just uh, I'll beat, beat him by a technique. Uh, Jeremy Neighbor says uh, he's watching from Texas. He's got his folks from Tennessee in, so he's not going to hop on tonight. Jeremy, you're killing me, baby. You got one job, and you you, you bomb it. So, um, Michael says uh, we cheered for Hot Rod, Rigo, Jack Potter, Belazzi. What do we cheer for? Woodring, Big Wood. Again, I, folks, I don't think anybody has spoke. We've talked about Ben when we opened the show about the fact that, dude, he hit three field goals. Mm-hmm. The difference in the game. The man hasn't – I don't think he's missed a kick since, what, South Carolina? Yeah. And remember, after the South Carolina game, we asked Kirby Smart on Monday, are you going to have a kicking competition? Because that guy sucks. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, we'll always have a kicking competition. When hey, These guys have to fight back and forth. There were struggles in fall camp. Yeah, but then all he's done is he nailed it. But that 48-yarder. That's as long on the year. That well, makes it a nine-point game. Now, if he misses it, it's a six-point game. All they got to do is go down, score a touchdown, they win the game. But now they have to score twice. So what are they going to do? They don't have time to just run the ball, and they've been running and gashing Georgia on the edges. Now they start throwing it. You know they're going to throw it. Georgia goes nickel, dimes. They run some very uh, elaborate uh, coverages. And, again, that kick changes the entire uh, uh, complexion of the final few minutes. So I thought that was big. All right, what else we got here? Um, what's the score of the Georgia – I mean, the LSU-Florida game? I mean, LSU-Alabama 21-21 at half. Going to be a shootout. I've been drinking too much of this uh, uh, bourbon here. It's good stuff. I get, hey, and Jeremy – I give Jeremy hell about it, but I see that's the first thing I said when I saw the burden, uh, that burden touchdown. I Again – the CBS angles were terrible. We very seldom saw anything besides him like catching the ball, but it looked like right before it, it looks like he shoved off. So you were talking about the referees. What did you see on that one? That one, that was one where, like you talked about with the, the camera, I couldn't tell because of where it was viewed. Cause if I saw like a back angle, I could tell, I could see if his arm extended. Cause if there's clear arm extension there, that's a, that's an obvious OPI. Cause something looked kind of funky with it. 
but I, I couldn't tell because the angle, like you said, because I think CBS knowing that they're losing the SEC is kind of phoning it in a little bit. Did, this, did, yeah, yeah it's just, half-assed. And, and no offense, but there was like the, the, the commentary crew in like the Vanderbilt game when they played, I was like, that was the first time, I don't mute the TV. That was the first time I ever muted the TV, it, ever. And I'm just like, w- w- they're sending all these number two, number three crews. And I'm like, this is just not working. This is not. Uh, hey, we uh, Demetrius Terry. We, we need to get him on here. Dude looks badass. Uh, Demetrius, uh, he says, "Let's let's get on to Ole Miss. Give me your thoughts on that game. It's going to get Ole Miss is a tricky team because if that offense is going, they can be hard to slow down. But at the same time, their line of scrimmage, Missouri's better in the line of scrimmage. I think Kentucky can be more physical in the line of scrimmage. Ole Miss is not a team up front that scares you. I think Georgia can run the ball better." My only yeah. concern is Ole Miss is one of those offenses that when they score, it's just hard to slow them down. So I think the key to that game is Georgia needs to, to get off to an early start because Ole Miss is one of those teams It's going to be a struggle to, to come back from once that pass offense is getting going, especially with the way Georgia's pass defense has been the last couple weeks. If that goes downhill, I think they could be in a little bit of trouble, but I think a good early start – because I think Georgia can establish a run game here. They could not consistently establish one versus Missouri. There are drives where they could today, but I think against Ole Miss, you can establish one. So get off to an early start and establish the run game is, is my keys to that game. And I think you win by two, three scores at least. I'm thinking that this would be the one where Kirby Smart comes in and tells everybody, hey, get here early, go nuts. We want to hear it. You know, we want, want them to be loud. Um, do you think? Going back to your question about uh, Marius Mims, uh, Jordan Couliard, who's been very kind to us on this podcast today, says he take a seventy five percent Mims versus one hundred percent trust. Do you, do you expect to see? I, I'm with you. If he's ready for next week, yeah, great. And I expect him to play. I actually, I think I wrote in my comments that you know he's he's available. Um, uh, I also put the CJ Allen could play. Um, I did say that we'd see a little bit of Raylan Wilson. Mm-hmm. So, hey, definitely the Duke ball. Um, but I'm wondering with when it comes to running the ball next week. Like you said, you think you can run it on them? I love the idea of just ground and pound, drive it down their throats with the, all the fans. Because Kirby said, "Hey, folks, we need you to come out early. We need you to be loud. Uh, get them, you know, any hiccup to their if you can get them behind the, the sticks." That is a all-or-nothing offense in my mind. And if you can get them behind the sticks and they have to punt it to you and then you just keep their offense off on the sideline and just ground it, I love the idea to see a Marius Mims come back, maybe Trust go back inside, mm-hmm. and you just line up and run behind uh, Mims and uh, uh, Tate Ratledge or you know, Ernest Green and Trust on the other side and just freaking pound them, especially with Lawson Lucky coming out there looking very good on his some of his blocks. He missed a few last week. He's mm-hmm. done a lot better. Tulane pushed Ole Miss around a little bit, and two Tulane's group of five scored. I'm, I know that they're well coached. Um, I think Fritz is the coach's name. He, he's he's a he's a good coach, and they pushed him around a bit. But Georgia's size wise is different, and I think Georgia has the ability to to instill their will on Ole Miss. So I think that's going to be the key because the run game to me was what held the offense back. Because against Florida, they were getting big runs, and I think that's why the play action was was so good yeah. because it just opened up the pass game and you couldn't open up the play action as much. I, I was stunned that they uh, Missouri didn't run more play action. You had four plays in a row where you went, 
here, Schrader, four yards. Schrader, four yards. Schrader, four yards. I'm like, fake throw. And I'm like, hey, thank you for deciding to uh, uh, not run play action and just uh, run some, some dumb play calls in there for a bit. I, I think an underrated play in that game was early. I think it was a third and three. First offensive drive for Missouri. Michael Williams could have had a TFL. And if he has a TFL and that, that would have been a two, three yard loss. Instead, yeah. they, they, they pick up barely a first down. The first the drive of the game. The first drive. That one uh, hitting Schrader in the uh, backfield on the fourth drive and him still picking up three yards. Then all of a sudden they convert the next play. Uh, the rah-rah miss on the slant. Again, when the, the coaches – and we said this on the Watch Long Show. When the coach said, we need to execute better. People go, what the hell? No, come on. We want you to name names and blame blames and uh, mention, you know, whose fault it was that you lost this game. And the, the coach will stand up and goes, well, we got to tackle better. We got to block better. It's those plays. Mm-hmm. I missed tackle in the backfield, like, like the one you mentioned. Could have been a tackle for loss from Michael Williams, who very seldom misses that. Uh, grabbing straight around the shoulders and him picking up seven yards instead of stopping him at three or four. Uh, Ra Ra's miss, you know. Um, uh, some, a, a bad throw, and those can add up. And luckily, Georgia has fewer of those than other teams. And um, it's, I know it's boring to hear a coach say, "Well, we got to execute better." Well, that's what the coaches see. They see a play like you just mentioned, where you're like, eh, "No one's going to talk about this in the uh, postgame stats." There, and I actually, had the defensive stats on the screen, and no one's talking about the fact that you know it doesn't show missed tackle on here. They got solo assist, tackle for loss, you know. Forced fumble, fumble return yards, interception return yards, breakups, blocks, quarterback hurries. Uh, Notice no quarterback hurries. Um, Three sacks, though. That was big. Four tackles for loss. Uh, Getting to him was, like you said, they're getting better at the uh, the sacks than they were. But missed tackles, that's one that, that kills you. 100%. 100%. I think, Mike, the other weird thing with Mike Williams is I remember on the first draft, they're using him at D-tackle at times. They're, they're putting him on the interior, and I'm just confused sometimes with some of their packages. That's what I would ask Brent on the film, Don't Lie, is some of these packages, I'm intrigued by why they're moving certain people in certain directions because I don't know if guys are out of place. I don't know if that's an, ex- an execution issue or that's just a scheme issue on Georgia's front where it's like, that was a bad play call because sometimes I'm confused why they're lining people up certain places that it just doesn't seem like they're supposed to. Why Taryn Ingram Dawkins early in the game is coming off the edge and Mike Hell's on the inside. That seems like it should be flipped. So I'm curious about that. Yeah. And here's the thing. That's great. When we notice stuff like that, we ask Coach Don and he can tell you immediately. I'm like, how the hell did you know this stuff? But that's why he's a Hall of Fame coach. Uh, Jordan Collier says, Mike Hell's missed tackle is a major shift in momentum. He's, yes. And again, stuff like that lets teams think, "Hey, we can, we can, we can beat these guys," you know. But if all of a sudden you got tackled for loss and you're punting on your first drive, it's a completely different ball game. Demetrius Sirius says, "Coach is not going to name names like throwing players under the bus." Very true. But we also give the coaches crap when they come out and say, like, you know, Shane Beamer, like, "We got to execute better." Oh, that, you know. So even if they don't name names, <laughs> we'll give them hell for, you know, saying it's the players' fault. Guess what? It is the player's fault lots of times. Sometimes it's a bad coaching call. To your point, you know, why are you putting Terry Mingo Dawkins out there on the edge to come up? You know, why is why is he in a, uh, a five technique? Why is he a seven? Why is he he's not a seven? 
But mm-hmm. all of a sudden, that, he's out there. But again, maybe it's a great coaching move. Maybe it's stupid. We don't know. So um, to your point, uh, Demetrius, you're right. The coaches will do that. But what do we as the media and fans ask all the time? I mean, let's talk about who we've run down in the comment section here. We've given all sorts of hell to Dalen Everett so far. Uh, uh, we, we've crapped on a couple other players. Just that, that's what we do. Uh, trust. We've run trust down. Uh, we saw Monroe, not Monroe, uh, Ernest Green have a, a, a couple bad snaps, and we gave him hell about it. But that's the um, that's the way the game goes. We we expect perfection. When we don't get it, we're like, bring the next man up. I'm like, hey, let's let's slow down there a little bit. Uh, Jordan says preseason All-American can't miss that tackle. That's supposed to be the difference. Yeah. But then he also had other plays where he did pretty good time. The three sacks were big. Um, and Jermaine, I think he nails it. He says Mizzou is just that team that matches up with us well. Ben, I asked earlier, why is it that Mizzou gets penetration on George's offensive line that nobody else does? What did they do differently? That's something that we could have Brent ask too. Brent was on earlier, but he got, he got backed up. But he – it just seems that they're able to shoot through Georgia's defense unlike any other team. And mm-hmm. will teams realize what they do? And will we see Tennessee do that? Tennessee's defense is apparently a lot better than they were. Will we see Ole Miss try to do that? Will we see in Alabama do that? Yeah, because I think I also noticed Mizzou blitzes a ton and sends six and seven a ton at Georgia. Like last we're year. We're all going through four and five. Yeah, it, th- this game, they, they didn't blitz as much. But last year, I thought the blitz was the issue. Because I remember Broderick Jones, I thought he played his worst game ever at Georgia last year against Missouri when some of the blitz pickups were just not there. They they were sending more rushers than Georgia had blockers. And I think that was the issues where protection, they were not picking up blitzes. This year, I think they're just getting beat. And they're also, like you said, they're shooting gaps and yeah. giving Georgia looks that are confusing the offensive line. So, and one of the sacks also, I don't want to really credit on the O-line because I remember Beck moved up in the pocket. He had like four or five seconds to throw, and he was just trying to basically run for it. I, you know, that obviously counts as a sack, but I wouldn't put that on the O-line. But overall, I don't know why the protection is so confused at Missouri's looks when other teams like Florida was doing a lot of stunts and giving you a lot of mixed looks, and they picked it up every time versus Florida. I think a big part is Missouri can stop the run where – these other teams just seem to that they can't. The, the gap integrity for Missouri is so much better than the other teams Georgia's faced. I like Casey said, I was crapping on Love It, but I apologize. He's got me eating crow. Yeah, Love's good. Uh, and that was another one where Love It made some big plays. I thought he came up big against his old team. He's yeah, improving each week. Yeah. And again, I, well, we, we blew up Rara for his uh, drop slant. So. It happens. Hey, real quick before we uh, get to the next set of comments here, I do want to mention our friends at the Rogue Shop. I put them on the screen. Rogue makes these. Uh, Jermaine King reminded me of it, saying that uh, he was looking to get some of this stuff for his mama. Uh, if you've never tried anything from the Rogue Shop, they make uh, some wonderful THC products. They make some wonderful CBD products. They make uh, pain creams. They make uh, gummies. If you have chronic pain, if you have um, trouble sleeping, check out the Rogue Shop. Now, Richard, who runs the thing, it's, it's family-owned. It's a, they, they make small batches of this stuff. It's not some giant corporation. This is a guy who makes it himself. Okay, He and his family, his wife works in the shop. It's the two of them uh, with some uh, very expensive equipment. 
They make gummies. They make uh, lollipops. They make all kind of cool stuff. Check them out. And uh, they were doing this little Halloween package, but now they got a Thanksgiving package. And you can do the uh, thankful for Delta uh, Delta 8 sample pack. You can do the thankful for Delta 9 sample pack. And it has a bunch of different stuff in there. You definitely need to try it. Uh, and if you notice, uh, sometimes they sell a lot of stuff, but it'll say if you have trouble sleeping, you'll see it says night use. So you can get the night use stuff. Or you'll see one that says pain uh Help you uh, help you with a pain issue. So, check out Delta. I mean, check out the the Rogue Shop and use promo code Bulldogs ten Bulldogs one zero. That gets you ten percent off of any of their products. So check them out when you get a chance. Oh, we all shit. We got Jordan on. I think he just shotgunned a beer before he came on too. I'm not sure where that. <laughs> let's bring that dude on. Look at him. Look at him slamming it back before he gets on here. Holy <laughs> crap! This What's up, fellas? Crazy. Jordan, thanks for joining us, my man. Absolutely, man. I, 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 enjoy, I enjoy watching y'all every week, man. It's been a good time watching y'all from Southwest Florida. Southwest Florida. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, man. Oh, Naples. What, what city? Bonita Springs, Naples area. Last week, one. Beautiful down there. It's yeah, felt sweeter for him then. Yeah, it's been it's been fun. We're, um, we're glad to be down here. My wife went to Georgia, and she went to dental school in Louisville, and then we ended up down here her parents moved down here from georgia and we're um we're happy to be here in gator seminole hurricane <laughs> country just wreaking havoc <laughs> yeah but i mean you're on the west side so you're on the gulf right yes sir absolutely i'm telling you i've had this argument with my best friend that lived in uh, jacksonville or jacks beach for years i'm like man you got all this money and you live in jackson yeah, you know what? You it's could like, live on the Panhandle. You could live in there. You could live in Tampa. You you could live in Ebor. Wait, what the hell are you doing on this side? Go on. You no, know, it's it's one of those things. It's like people's like, oh, you live in Naples, and I'm like, yeah, but my wife's a dentist, and people down here got money, so <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll um I'll let her run with it and have some fun. <laughs> Love it. I right, give us your thoughts on the game, my man. No, you know what? It's it's. It's fun to watch these guys just answer the call against these bigger teams. Like it's yeah. it's one of those things that like I have that Munson effect like you do, Rowdy, where it's like these big games, I get that like butterflies. And it's like oh gosh, we're gonna lose this game. Like something's gonna Yeah, exactly, exactly. But then you just watch you watch these guys that like you see these like leaked videos of Kirby. Like with Ernest, it's like, can you just give me your all this week to be like Broderick? And it's like, it's just little things like that that you those slip into the cracks, and you're just like, okay, these boys are gonna shine. Like, you, yeah. it's one of those things. Like, you, I got half of me has got the Munson effect where it's like, oh shit, like, do we have <laughs> a game? <laughs> and then the other fact is like, you see Kirby's leaked videos, and it's like, give me a wall to run through, and. Yeah. I'm going to run through that wall. And I, like, I don't know how these guys just, it, it's, it's fun to watch. And you got seeing Damon Wilson, Marvin Jones, Jr. Jalen Walker is a man of possessed. Like it's one of those guys that like, I don't study film. I don't do all that, but I, I can see a guy that looks possessed. Jalen Walker on passing downs is just fun to watch him and Michael. It, it, it's, we got a bright future on the edge for sure. But it, what do you think of Damon Wilson getting in there today? 
Damon. Talk about talk about well, a, uh, a fun guy to watch on the edge. Oh, he's from Venice. That's right up the road from where I'm at, and it's <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like, am I from here? No, I'm from Warner Robins, Georgia, where it's like Houston County. Like that's where I'm from. Wait, no, it's pronounced Houston County, don't you know? No, 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 Rod. That's where we got to draw the line. That's where we draw the line. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's how you test these sons of bitches say, oh, I'm from Warner Robins. I'm like, well, you live in Houston. Oh, yeah, I live in Houston County. Do you now? Lion nah, son of a bitch. That's Houston County. Now that we got a Bucky's, that's my landmark. I'm like, oh, yeah, I live at the Bucky's exit. <laughs> 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 no, but it's um, it, it, it's fun to watch, really, man. Like Javon Buller being from the 478. Back when he was first in the class, or like not in the class, I mean like when he was very early on in his career, Georgia, I kept telling my good my good buddies, I was like, watch this cat because he's special. Like he's not he's not gonna blow you away with his measurements, but he's gonna he's gonna lay the wood and you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna know he hits you. I promise you that. And um, but it, it it's really been it's fun to watch down here and uh, but you gotta realize too though, like in Naples where we're at, it's not gator and hurricane country. It's it's a lot of Midwest, Northeast. It's yeah. it's Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan. My father-in-law's a Michigan fan, so I enjoy that. Like we went over to Miami. He's a Michigan fan, but his daughter went to UGA. Yeah. Say what now? But his daughter went to UGA. Oh yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. Oh, she did. So how was that a couple years ago when they were in the playoffs? Oh, we had fun. We were down here. We went over to Miami yeah. and we had a good time. I, so we got stuck in the end zone. And I wasn't, we were in the middle section, like middle of the section. And I kept having to ask for permission to scoot by Michigan fans to go get more beer. <laughs> and they started saying like, look, with this score, you're going to start bringing us beer back. And I was like, you know what? I will you, you enjoy doing that. <laughs> I know you would. So it's been, it. it's been fun down here, honestly. Like we're, um, so when we were in Louisville when we, we don't want to talk too much about the second 26 against Alabama, but my wife smashed the remote. We turned the TV off, went straight to bed, and now it's like, you know what? We can appreciate that now after being back-to-back -back down here. So we're we're enjoying it. And um, But honestly, I like seeing what I'm seeing out of Beck. Like, he just the, – the, 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 more the more weeks that go by, the more comfortable he looks. He doesn't get rattled. And it's just one of those things that I just appreciate because it's just nice to see a – like he's still, you got to remember, what is he? Twenty, twenty-one, maybe. But the way he processes the game and the way he just, like, I can't imagine me being in his position, trying to be mature enough to process, you know, with any pressure like that, being down ten three, ten seven, whatever it was. It's just like the way he goes about his business. It's just you got to appreciate what you see out of him, and as an offensive player. You just can't feel but comfort just going out there and wanting to go to war with your brothers. And I'm just enjoying watching it down here, man. This has just really been a good time. Hey, Jordan, I think that is – how many games has he had at least 250 yards passing? All nine. <sighs> yeah, exactly. It, it's one of those things. It's like – How many freshmen have done that – or not freshmen, first-year starters have done that in the SEC? Exactly. And, you know, we've been spoiled. Obviously, Stetson goes out there and – what, what kills me is, like, you know, at, at the back end of Stetson's career, you see all these guys that are, like, on Stetson's bandwagon. But at the beginning, how many of those guys are – how many of those cats are still – I had knocked down drug-out fights on this exact channel. Exactly. It's just, like, you know what? 
at first, so so my question to you, Roddy, is at the beginning of the year, did you think there was a possibility of Beck going to the draft compared to now? Hell no. Exactly. Here's the thing, uh, you know, for all our folks at UGA Sports, they remember before the season started, I went on there and said, look, here's what we've been hearing all summer. And we put out some uh, some notes. And I said, you, and you guys know I can be have the most Munsonitis, most pessimistic guy Same. in the entire <laughs> this out there, just because I know how hard it is to win. And uh, a few weeks ago, I said, look, Georgia's not as good as they were last year. A lot of these games are going to be tight. And this is the what third or fourth game in a row where the team that gets the ball first, they are you know, Georgia's gives up a touchdown drive on its first series. Oh my Florida's god. goes down, Missouri goes down and scores. Didn't Vanny score yep. too? Yep. So and to also, your point, who who does not get rattled? Carson Beck. He's like, okay, I'm we're trailing seven-nothing. Let's go out there and win. You know, I'm gonna score. Never I'm makes the wrong decision. Exactly. Hmm? Never makes the wrong decision with Stetson for as clutch as he was, as big as he was, he made some wrong decisions. He forced yeah. it at times. Carson Beck's not forced anything. He's no, very no. The time. and that's the thing, like tonight. He took some sacks that I thought he maybe could have gotten rid of the ball or pressured it, like forced something. But no, yeah. he took the two-yard loss and instead converted on the third down. And I was like, that's the guy we need for this team. Like, yeah. is it the same dominant defense? That's how no. we want to start the season. I no, guess. exactly, exactly. So, and that's what I love. It, it's so fun to watch these young guys just mature. And yeah. his growth, it's like earlier in the year, would he, be, would he have tried to force something? Maybe. Or, like, honestly, the beginning of the year, he looked timid to make that mistake where now he's like, you know what, screw it. First four I'll games are the last five. Exactly. I'll, I'll take the two-yard sack, and you know what? I'll convert to Dom Lovett or Lad McConkey with a healthy yeah. – like, you know what? He's it, It's fun to watch, and it, it's fun to watch these, like, this line, this O-line. Like, I'm from the 478, so obviously I'm a big fan of Mims. Like, okay, get the big fella back. He's one of one. Like, he's one of those, like, one percenters. But it, it, you know, it, it's fun to watch the Dylan Fairchilds, the Michael Morrises that have like put in the work. You know, you don't hear too much about them. They put in that nasty, that nasty work. And but you watch like Michael Morris last week against Florida go against the four hundred and some odd pound nose tackle and just stonewall them. It's like that's the catch you want on this team that are going to war. And that's the thing I love about these Kirby halftime speeches. Like, it's all about the recruiting. It's all about the these cats you got on the team or who you want, like it, I don't know. It, it's just fun to watch. Like I'm not in the locker rooms. I don't get all that. Like, but it's fun to watch like the Michael Morris from Camden, Dylan Fairchild, strong as an ox, just stonewall these cats. And it, it's fun to watch these guys pay their dues. They don't transfer portal. Like they well, just, I mean, 29 of them did. So, well, I mean, I, yeah, you know what though? It, it's the cats like that. that you know, they got I, their opportunity. I'm giving you hell, Jordan. No, I'm saying, but they, I appreciate it. You know, Roddy, I'm I'm in sales. I get that. I, I can appreciate that. Are you in sales? It's, what fun you to, it's fun to watch these guys that pay their dues. They they you know they don't transfer out. They they sit there. They they go to war. They go to war in the they on the off season, and then you see their you know Mims goes down. Trust moves out to tackle, and then them guys just go to war and they just don't want. They're strong as oxes, man. It, it's really. Oh. I don't know all the technique, but I can appreciate these guys. That I watch them get recruited, and then I see them stick there, and it's just it's fun to watch them just like actually get an opportunity to 
go to war for the dogs. So. Shout out to uh, Scott Sinclair for getting all those guys. Uh, uh, Dudes are strong, mad. They lift a lot of plates. Uh, I'll finish my thought when you're asking about Carson Beck, and we've had a lot of people talking about I love the David Hopes. When Ole Miss scores in their first drive, we'll have them right where we want them. Yes. Uh, Your your quarterback won't get rattled, but when I I put it at the beginning of the season, I said, Georgia's going to go 15 and 0. And you know, I never say shit like that ever. But it was looking at who Georgia had to play. I expected them to go 12 and 0, and I didn't see any dominant teams out there. And then right before the first game of the season, you know, someone's like, Are you after watching spring or fall practice? Do you still think they'll go undefeated? I said, Ask me after Carson Beck is is down two scores on the road somewhere. Let's see what he does. And sure enough, they go to Auburn. They get behind. They're trailing to South Carolina, fourteen to three at halftime. He does not get rattled. And when Kirby Smart goes into a press conference and we're like, "Hey, Kirby, what do you think of uh, Carson?" He's like, "He doesn't get rattled." Well, that, again, everyone just kind of goes, "Oh, that's just another coach thing to say." Kirby will be very honest with you, and he will explain to you exactly this kid's mindset. And he said, this guy doesn't get up. He doesn't get down. And then even after the Auburn game where he said, yeah, it was great to see Carson actually show some emotion out there. Well, you're kind of calling your guy out for not, you know, for finally showing emotion. So I thought it was, uh, to your point about Carson Beck, again, another 250-yard game. That's phenomenal. You'll need it next week because you're going up against Jackson Dart, who's really good. We're going to have Tyler jump on here in a second, and uh, we'll get his thoughts on it. Roddy, I do want to bring up this point real quick. So he brought up Michigan that he has, I think, a family member that went to Michigan. My brother's a Michigan fan. Father-in-law's a fan. Yeah, so J.J. McCarthy is supposedly the Heisman leader or one of the leaders. You know where he is in passing in the country? Not in the top ten. 45th in passing. What? 45th. Jesus. And Carson Beck is, I believe, either eighth or ninth. At least he's in the top 10. Last I checked, he was like ninth. I don't know if that updated today or not, but you're telling me that right now he has two ranked wins, Carson, and he's put up way better numbers. And you're telling me JJ McCarthy might be the Heisman. If JJ McCarthy doesn't play any of those games and they play Bowling Green, any of those games, they still win by 30. Just make sure they don't steal a sign. Just run. Yeah, and the signs, I don't. How you put <laughs> So I'm telling you, it's I like Corum is legit. Like Corum has that it, him and Donovan Edwards, they they run the ball hard. I can respect that. But how do you go back to back years and win in the Joe Moore and then do that in the playoffs? You can't tell me this is bullshit. Like, I'm sorry, excuse my language, but the uh-huh. dogs with they're mixing and mangling an O-line together and perform better than Michigan's Joe Moore award-winning O-line, get that shit out of here. Like, I'm not sold on Michigan. Like, I don't know. I don't know how McCarthy's a Heisman. Yeah, exactly. How do you how do you say McCarthy's a Heisman and, and not, not Beck? Like, Beck, he doesn't turn the ball up. He doesn't have the touchdowns that some of these other cats got, but the dude puts – he doesn't force things – he he protects the ball like as far as the, like the quarterback role. It's not just like touchdown numbers. How do you protect the ball? Do you not turn the ball over? Do you make the right decisions? It's it's just one of those things that just blows my mind. Like I'm not sold on McCarthy. Like I know he went to IMG and he's at Michigan and they still signs and all. But it's just like one of those things that the way Beck goes about his business, he just puts his head down, goes to work. He's not going to get the credit that the McCarthy's and these bigger name guys get like Penix and all that. But it's, it's one of those things like 
Beck comes out, goes to work, does not get rattled. You know, turn the ball over, so what? Most of his, like, was it? Two of his interceptions were basically punts, right? Yeah. Am I, am I right on that? You're, you're, no, you're right. I think two of them were basically punts. But, again, it's one of those things that he gets the statistics of, oh, those were interceptions, but those are basically punts. He goes about his business the right way. He doesn't get rattled. He He's not one of those, um, what do they call them? He's not one of those like um, players. Exactly, exactly. He's not a he's not a offensive game manager. He goes about his business the right way. He gets the ball to the right people without forcing the ball. If he has to take a sack, so what? It's a two yard loss, and he goes about Dude, his. Yeah, he, he had great when they blitzed, and uh, he's throwing to the left side of the field. I can't remember who he threw to, but I thought it was a brilliant uh, reaction. It's like okay, we're sending everybody yeah. right yeah. to it, and while. His can ball placement I just want to give a shout out to Marcus Roseme Jack Saint. Like the guy is a phenomenal blocker, and he has freaking hands of not steel because those aren't really forgiving, but yeah. he's got arms of steel and hands of Charmin Ultra Soft because the guy has put in his work, freaking snapped his leg against Florida. I remember watching that game. I was at Disney, like downtown Disney, and I was talking so much trash when he scored. And then we don't have to talk about the rest of that game. <laughs> <laughs> but it was one of those it's things. Florida that, thing ever. I'm talking shit when I, I'm at Disneyland downtown. Exactly. But the guy, he puts in his work blocking, which is what Kirby wants. He's got – he's going to make that play. Like, I just – I would love for him to have gotten over a 100-yard game He's been like what one yard short on a game and like six yards short in another. But the cat the cat deserves a, a little shout out, a, a bone or sticker, whatever. I I'll send some money to get oh, yeah. a little sticker, bone, whatever. But he's yeah, been we're gonna have the helmet stickers, baby. Yeah, man. That kid that guy has he's he's paid his dues for sure. I mean, it, it's I gotta appreciate that guy. Love it. I appreciate how you're knocking back those Miller lights. God, yeah, dude. man, I'll, I got more to go if you want. We got some bourbon over here. I need some ASW or some Hunker bur vodka, but I get the Hunker vodka, man. I'm down here. I, where do I get it from? You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, go to the website. All right, I got you. There's ASW distilleries. All right, I got you. I'll do that. And we're gonna get you hooked up on some of their buddies at the Rogue Shop too. That's all right. There we go. Legal in Florida too, so. But hey, uh, if you're in a sales job and they do make you take tests, don't do that. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, I appreciate that. But, you know, it, it was a good game. It was one of those things that part of me thought it was going to be one of those Arkansas games where we just shine and blow them out. But part of me is like, it's freaking Missouri. And I know how these games go a week later after Missouri against Mississippi State last year. My wife, we had to run to the hospital and um, got induced early, three weeks early. And, uh, my boy Cooper is about to be a year old on the 14th. So oh, fantastic. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, we've got a it's actually a hold on. Let me let me find the let me just show you the invitation. I don't want to hold y'all up. I know y'all got a um y'all got Tyler coming on, but Tyler's not in a hurry. He's got nothing better to do. All right. So my boy we're gonna Cooper, make fun we of got him. a we got like a game ticket looking um invitation for his first birthday party so we're oh, nice yeah cooper oh, oh that's shoot. nice i'm going the wrong way team captain it looks like a georgia football game ticket so all right we're looking what time is it i'll be there yeah come on come on roddy you're welcome i know i have some miller light damn yeah well, <laughs> there won't be any of... left you sock say what now <laughs> there won't be any left you drank them all Nah, i'll go buy some more i gotta do it for the sky mouse so we'll be good yeah. <laughs>
Curtis Maximus says Roseme got absolutely blasted on that play. He did. Yeah. And then uh, I think uh, Beyond Creative says when's Arian Smith going to get out of the UGA Starcast? Now, to be fair, Arian Smith played a lot today. I, I'll he be did. Looking, I'll be looking to see on the uh, snap count that we do at UGA Sports how many. I, he didn't get a ball. You're right, uh, yeah. Beyond Creative. But uh, he was in a lot, so I like to see that. He was. It was fun to see. Like I want to get him. Like I know. Whether he gets the ball or not, he's still a decoy. Like you got to respect the, his speed, and it's when he runs those guys. Okay, you're gonna go single high safety, and all of a sudden he takes off down the field. And it's like, okay, well, that where's the safety going? And then Lad McConkey drops into the yep the vacated space, and it's like, oh well, this is easy. So, or Dom Love it, one of the two. Yeah. It, it's pick your poison and buckle up for the rest of the yardage. It's it's exactly. it's one of those things that yeah, they're fun to. It, it's it's fun, man. I, you know. I'm enjoying the ride. I'm I'm only 31, so I haven't been through like all the Georgia struggles, but definitely been through enough to enjoy the ride for sure. So I appreciate y'all having me on for sure, man. You've been around long enough to suffer as a Georgia fan. Oh, yeah. It makes me feel old because I've been covering the team for 30 years. Although I did start <laughs> in college, so when I was I was yeah. a young buck then. So yeah. So wait, who, so who do you got? Like, so cornerback two at this point, like. You lean in Dalen or Julio because Julio, I mean Julian Humphrey, that's the guy. I mean, yeah, I mean, like, we know like he's going to play a couple weeks ago, and all of a sudden he got in for a lot more snaps. And again, I get it, but like we, we tell people this, it's not we're just, we're not just guessing. We're talking no, to people inside the program, no, and they're like, "Hey, Julian Humphrey's going to start playing a lot more," and sure enough, he did. Hundred percent. And I, I mean, I appreciate the fact that he was one of those guys that you know he's kind of got that typical DB flair and. He didn't play much first year. I was like, oh, gosh, he's going to be one of those guys that transfers, you know, whatever the case is. But he stuck around. I think that's stronger. And it was fun to – like, I appreciate him staying and, like, respecting the grind. But, you know, like last week, some of those some of those passes to Pascal and all, it was like Everett was keep containing the outside. And obviously you saw what Bullard did. But it's like Luther Burden catching that touchdown pass. I feel like – Everett was all over him, but it was. Well, one he wasn't. Those... He was until they got pushed off. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> well, you said. You said. It. You said. It. Again. Hey, Ben. What was I wrong? No, not wrong. No, not wrong it at looked, all. It looked like a push off to me, and no, then all of a sudden my timeline filled up. But that son of a bitch pull, pushed off. I'm like, okay, maybe it, I wasn't the only one that saw that. And again, I'm not it, trying to. One of the replay. One of the replay angles looked like he pushed off, like on the. The generic one, while the play was going on, you couldn't tell. Because, like, we, me and Roddy were saying, the cameras were terrible. They were. Hey, hey Kevin, Larry, Casey, y'all let me know what y'all think about. Was that a push-up or not? Andrew, uh, Christy, y'all are on here. Quande uh, Aguia-E. Quandalo, excuse me. There's a push-off for sure. But, like, you look at the replay, and it's like, Dalen, even with the push-off, was still gobbling him up. And there's just a. Heck of a catch by a better athlete, like a little bit better athlete. So yeah, but yeah. Julio looked good. Dalen, and you know, it's almost honestly, I love the competition there because at this rate, the way Lassiter has been locked down, it's like so. Those are your two guys next year. So it's let them get in, let let them get as much work in this year as and be ready to go for next year. So and here's the thing: it, it's a lot of work to play quarterback in uh, Kirby Smart's offense. I mean, defense is is really tough, and it's brutal in practice. And that's why you saw uh, uh, Jaheim Singletary transfer. He's like, "This yep. is too hard." 
I mean, like he's really good. Down in the games, honestly, it's like just miserable. Oh god, yeah. Bloody Tuesdays feel like it slows down on game days. Honestly, like yeah. you going against the ones now, it's like the game day should slow it down for you. And I don't know. It, it's he like Casey did. He pushed off just like DeAndre Hopkins pushed off last week. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I could count on Casey to come through with some bullshit. There you oh, go, wow. Casey, baby. There we go. <laughs> All right, Jordan. We're gonna bring Tyler on. Unless All you have right, anything else you want to leave us with. Hey. I appreciate y'all having me on. I first know time I on. Did you drink while on with us. Say what now? How many of those beers did you finish off while you were on with us? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> 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 I fucking knew it. <laughs> you tell me, hey, but fellas, look. <laughs> beers are no beers. Best show ever. Beers How no many? Beers. Just I appreciate you. the whole thing. I appreciate y'all having me on, though. It's been it, a good it, time. You can drink it straight out of the bottle. Screw all you. Jordan, hey, please. we can get the bourbon out if y'all want me to hang around. I'll come on <laughs> later with some bourbon. Come on, though. <laughs> All right, Jordan. Right. We love you, man. Hey, uh, congrats on the one-year uh, baby. That's all. Yeah, next weekend I might have to tune in. We'll be in the middle of his party for his birthday, so That's y'all awesome. might have to make sure I get on here. We'll we'll do a little happy birthday chime. So yeah, bring him on. And we'll do it. Hope maybe yes, my, my son will come home. He's nineteen now, and. I'm still as enthralled with him as I was when he was a one-year-old. So, all right, fellas. Hopefully, I did. Hopefully, I did y'all right. And you did, man. You took great care of us. Work. So, we appreciate y'all. All right. All right. Thanks, y'all. Hey, Jordan. All right. Let's bring on Tyler. Tyler. Tyler looks ready to go. I think he's got some insight. <laughs> I mean, well, what can I say that Jordan didn't say? <laughs> hey, do you, do, you have, do you have a whole uh, giant uh, kitchen table full of empty Miller lights? Uh, I got a trash can over there with a bottle of red wine and some other things. Uh, I think Fiddler <laughs> Bourbon, uh, Yingling Flights, and uh, you know whatever else sponsors we have here. Ben, you are fired. We're going to hire Tyler now. You just got to pitch our sponsors. <laughs> No, Ronnie, I mean, if I got a bottle of anything before a sporting event, I, I would not be here. Last, last time I drank a bottle before, I think it was an Orioles game. I didn't make it to the game. I had to be left. So If I was an we, Orioles we, fan, I'd drink a bottle too. This year, though, different story. I'm a Braves fan, and I drank a bottle too, so I agree. Um, <laughs> give, us, give us your thoughts there, Tyler. No, I mean, it, it was a very tough game. But I was texting with a lot of friends and like the last caller, I'm turning 31 in a month. And uh, I was there for the Fatone Balta game. I was there for the Hudson Mason. I was there for Joe T3. And I just, I want to sit back and look at everything from a five mile scale view and uh, just enjoy the hell out of it. I think a lot of it's the overreaction show, but uh, I, the overreaction is sit back, relax and just enjoy it. Because uh, we're in a time that I never thought I'd see. Uh, I'm I'm in finance, and I've got uh, advisors who are 77, who you know, part of the donor clubs, and have a lot more insight than me. And they're like, I've never seen anything like this in my life. And you know, I was 40 in the 80s, so <laughs> you know what I mean. So you're right. Again, now here's the thing: me and um, if you're a member at UJSports.com. Everybody knows Dave McMahon. 
Dave was in my second year, he was my roommate over at River Mill Apartments. Dave and I both looked at Georgia and we came, we arrived in 1990. The men's basketball team had won an SEC title. The baseball team was winning their national championships. Georgia's football, you know, you're only a couple of years into uh, uh, you're not too far away and your Ray golf takes over. Uh, they're they're kick, kicking everybody's ass. Georgia's is on high. It didn't last. We saw a ton of it. So, and I started going to the Georgia Florida games in 93. I mean, that, that's when I started, I started working them in 93. And there were so many just garbage Georgia Florida games where you drive back and you avoid Sports Center. You avoid all the radio shows. You avoid all the mm-hmm. Sunday call in shows. You don't want to hear about it because it's just miserable. It's that long drive back. And then, you know, Coach Rick, I mean, Coach Donnan builds, but then he has some, you know, some bad refereeing. But he, get, he helps Georgia. Rick comes in, kind of knocks the top off. You think you're getting better, and you get close. You get those years where you feel like you can play for the title. Hell, you go one year, and the the committee just votes you out. You're like, this is bullshit. Uh, you were so close, and then Kirby gets here, and then you actually – that second year, second 26, you're like, we're cursed. This is never going to happen. Then all of a sudden, he wins it, and then he wins it again. And the fact that – before the season started, a pessimist like me could say, ah, 12-0 and is almost guaranteed. And you are 9-0, despite the mm-hmm. fact you've lost all these starters, Tyler. And you've seen it. You were there for the Fatone Bowder thing. You were there for uh, these just heartbreak games. You were there for the prayer in Jordan Hare. Uh, the, the, ten- the, the Tennessee Hail Mary inside Sanford Stadium. You know, you're just like, what the hell do you got to do? What, do you got to sacrifice a goat? You know I mean? It's just you feel like you couldn't get past it. But you have now, and to the point where a close game against Missouri has everybody's buttholes tight because it's, you know, it's not supposed to be that way. You got two more teams coming up who are going to be ranked in the top 10, top 12, and you're expecting to whip their ass. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it, it is the, to your point, we talk about the overreaction. We have to find stuff to bitch about. Yeah. And the fact that, you know, you could have all these injury. We all we heard from Alabama and Tennessee was, well, our best guy was out. Georgia's best guys have been out for three years, and you still won games. Well, our best guys went to the NFL. Georgia's had twenty five more draft, twenty five guys drafted. Our best guys transferred. Georgia had twenty nine guys transfer. They're ki- they're kicking ass all over the SEC, all over the country. You got Major Burns, Jermaine Burton, Ad Mitchell, all these guys, and hell, some of the guys you have to play against. And mm-hmm. Georgia is still kicking everybody's ass. And to your point. When you – to have a close game makes you itchy instead of uh, relieved. You are right, Tyler. This is the golden age. And I think if you – like you said, when you talk to those older cats, you know, who've been around a while and they're like, I've never seen anything like this. Nobody at Georgia has. Georgia right. – they're going to beat the record for wins more so than the golden era in the 80-81-83 season. 80-81-82 season. You didn't win two titles with Herschel Walker. You won one. Kirby's won two and is going to have you playing for a third, and it's not going to end. We're talking about those new guys. Georgia's going to lose a lot of talent this year to the draft again. But have you seen those damn freshmen? Have you seen the secondary? Have you seen the edge rushers? You know, you got two of the best quarterbacks in the nation coming in next year. Ellis Robinson? Oh, God. He's the best high school yeah. corner I've seen go to Georgia. Yeah. He's the best high school corner I've seen go to Georgia. But told the sticks are bad. Offensive linemen committed and three running backs coming in. And that Nate offensive Rabel. line is huge. 
That is that's the biggest offensive line class I've seen in size. That's that class is huge. I mean, if you want to go on to next year, that's that's what worries me is offensive line is Cedric Van Brand leaving. And yeah. you know, that he's the dude in the middle of that line and he makes Tate Rattledge better. And I don't know what we're gonna do. Mar- Marius Mims comes in and Trust goes back to left guard or you know, what whatever we're gonna do there. But <laughs> you know, um I mean, I, I just sit here and smile because we're looking, we're nitpicking about next year's offensive line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. we, we, we just came off like a, <laughs> we came off a nine point win against a twelve top twelve team in the country, and like I said, I we were it's, bitching it's, about twenty point wins earlier in the year, man. Come on, I I agree, and uh, I look at South Carolina getting the ten point victory over Jacksonville State. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Hey. Did anybody talk about that? What was Florida's record since when they beat Georgia? I think they're five hundred. They're like twenty-one and they're twenty-one. Like twenty-one and twenty in the forty-one and we have games. Two natties. They, exactly. So you're like, okay, they lost yeah, today. Too, so they got to be five hundred. Yeah, you you beat Georgia when their uh, quarterback had his shoulder destroyed, and then they it was either him with a numb shoulder throwing the ball or Dewan Mathis, and. The next one, Mathis just entered the transfer portal again. That yeah. pass on the sideline when he was warming up is still that's just scary to me. I, I see that on Twitter, and JT Daniels' reaction of that ball is just, the funniest thing. But I will oh. say, you brought perspective since the BCS era because I always get before like 98 or 97 when they put in the BCS. I think it's kind of wonky that an AP poll kind of decide the national championship. I know some years it was justified to one, but some years you have a lot of team with the same record. So that's why when a lot of teams claim national titles, it's like there wasn't even a championship game back then, which is crazy to me. But now you look at it in the BCS era, Georgia has as many national championships as the entire big 10 big 10 is one team, Ohio state with two titles. You have the same amount of titles since the BCS era as Ohio state and the entire big 10. And you didn't win a title for 40 years. So that's why I think perspective is key. That's why I say once you see teams win championships, you got to keep perspective because there are still some yeah. teams and sports and other schools that it's like they can't win one. You know, yeah. like Tennessee, they won one the first year of the BCS. They haven't came close since. So you you got to keep perspective on things, knowing what the previous 40 years were prior to two years ago. And I thought that was genius when Coach John was pointing out how many of the Georgia's traditional rivals are on their third coach since Kirby Smart's gotten here. It's like he's only been here eight years, but some of these guys are like, yep, yeah, well, that guy got fired and then they brought in a guy and he didn't work out. And now they brought in another guy. And you're like, all their big rivals are on at least coach three or four. Go, go back to 07 Every single one. <laughs> when Saban was hired in the SEC right. West. And then go back to Kirby's past five years. I would be interested to see the five years of Saban being hired at Alabama and the uh, five years of Kirby being hired at Georgia and see if their rivals had the same amount of coaches. Yeah, they, they are they are coach killers. They absolutely are. Outside of Mark he Stoops, he, he hangs around. He's just inevitable. I mean, they make enough money off basketball that they don't really <laughs> – you know I mean? If they were a football school, he'd be out. Yeah, I'm not. That's wrong. I mean, only in Florida's a basketball school too. Right? Oh, my bad. Oh, I mean, their head coach left to come here. 
Dude, and he wanted out of there so bad. Oh, you, you want to hear a quick I can tell the story about how we knew that it was going to be the hire. We sat on it for five top 100 recruits have committed to Georgia basketball since Mike White's left zero to Florida. Zero. Helps when your last name's Wilkins, too. Yep. He's going to be good. Yeah. I, I hope so. I mean, it, it, in back to back to Georgia football, I mean, I, I'm looking at 35. I'm looking at six. I'm looking at 12 on defense. And I'm just like, oh, these are young guys. Yes. These, these are very young guys making an impact. I'm looking at 44. And, you know, I, I'm reading call. I'm reading the reports on offense of, you know, back third, fourth round guy, you know, probably going to come back. I mean, my goodness. If that comes back and then, you know, I, Bowers is gone. McConkey third or, or second round guy. I mean, he's yeah, he's probably gone. But I mean, is Rara and uh, Love it? They're probably gonna stay. Maybe I don't know. I think Rara is. But I mean, you look at these guys, and if Beck stays, and you're just looking around at the defense, you're looking at the offense, you're like, man, we're not in no this year, and this is a classic Alabama rebuild year, right? You know, they've been rebuilding for two or three years. And this is the Georgia rebuild year after quick math of what Roddy said, 54 players leaving via transfer portal and draft the past two seasons. And we're nine and zero. sit back, relax, drink a drink. I mean, my goodness. Cheers. I guess I'm a tire fire. Apparently, Alabama just scored again. I, I, I've been telling you folks when everyone was bitching about Milrow, and we'll get Larry Glover on here in a second and ask him about him too. I'm like, Milrow scares me to death. And I got so much hate mail for that, which I don't care. I get a lot of it for no matter what uh, stance you take. But they're like, oh, he got benched. I'm like, yeah, I'm telling you guys, you see how dangerous a running quarterback is in the SEC against anybody, but that guy can absolutely tear ass. And Georgia, again, I wrote that one of the fears I had for this game was with Georgia, you know, playing uh, man under uh, trail techniques that Brady Cook might take off and run. He did. He was killing them. Brady Cook is nowhere near the athlete that Milrow is. So I'm rooting for LSU like hell because I don't want right. to see that dude. And Jane Daniels also scares me. But even though LSU's offense, in my opinion, is the best in the country, yeah. I don't think there's better offense than LSU's. Yeah, but I, I will say, Roddy, the thing about, about Bama is with. They're better defensively this year. I know LSU's killing them, but there's not a better offense you can face than LSU. Yeah, that's, that's that I, mean, I don't want to face Milrow. I mean, if, 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 if you have yeah. to choose, I don't know. I just feel like I, I, I worry more about the – All you need to do is get a few stops on LSU. If you can stop them a few times, because that defense is not good. I mean, we got up by 20-something points last year, and uh, Jaden Daniels got out, and then all of a sudden Musburger or, you know, yeah. sort of – Throwing all over us, they threw for like 400 yards and still lost by like 30. Did. I, <laughs> it's like that game was nice. All right. it, hey, Tyler, can you can you hang on with us? Yeah, I can hang on with you. I'm, I'm gonna bring on Larry. Larry's been waiting a while, and then we'll get to Junior Jones. Man, it's been a long time since we heard from Junior. I'm so glad to see him coming back. This is my first time on, by the Roddy, way. I will say this small, quick point Bama is one of those teams that, yeah, they're not dominant, but they can beat anybody. Yeah, and that's what scares me. They're not, they're not as dominant, obviously, but they can beat any team in the country. Well, here's the thing. Uh, let's let's get Larry's take. Uh, oh man! Also, hey, and Tyler, we're glad you've been on the first time, and you got a good setup. I like it. Larry, have you been on before? 
I have not. This is my first time. I appreciate all having me. These new guys popping up. This makes <laughs> my day. Screw you, Paul. You can't get the good guys to come on like I can. I've been watching for a long time. It's my first time I've got I know he has to hop on. So, and, and answer to your question you asked earlier, yes, my son's still at UNG. They just competed in the uh, Ranger Challenge last weekend. They yeah, did I not saw win that. It, yeah. Texas A&M, screw you bastards. Right, right. I mean, I'm a North Georgia grad myself, so. Uh, so you know Ranger Challenge, the crazy shit they do, yeah. Oh, yeah, they won national championship like two years in a row up there. And uh, yeah. world cha- like, competing for world championships every year, it seems like. So yeah. big fan of them. I uh, graduated from there back in 2017. So, But I grew up in Athens on Barnett Shoals Road. So being 31-year-old, watching uh, UGA go through its ups and downs, a lot of downs, unfortunately, but finally reaping those benefits of uh, all those frustration years, all frustrating years, you know. So thank God. But no, Milrow, I think Milrow, uh, he can give us a pretty good headache. I think Daniel would give us a worse headache, but uh, I don't think, yeah, like we've been saying, I don't think their defense is going to hold up as well. Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying that Alabama has a shutdown defense. It's just that uh, they've got some really good players over there. And I think oh, if, yeah. you're, if you're going up against uh, LSU, I'm like, yeah, they, they're not going to be able to stop Georgia. And Georgia's only going to get better. Uh, with Kendall Milton coming back, we saw this week, you know, getting Marius Mims back. Then all of a sudden, oh, yeah. by that time, Brock Bowers is back. Yep, that's I'm right. Like, no, I, I agree with that. That got a lot of young guys. Everett, uh, just give him more time, mature, step into his own. Uh, uh, Ingram, let him Ingram grow up a little bit more. These guys are really going to take the top off, in my opinion. I think uh, just a matter of time. So, more, more of the year goes on, it's just going to get better. They're going to get clicking, and then. Uh, but to, well, now here's the thing: are the are the other teams getting better too? Because Missouri wasn't this good. Uh, I mean, I think it's debatable. I mean, Middle Tennessee by four points. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. And well, I, I case, put that in my column. Oh, Texas are run for their money. Missouri today. barely beat Memphis. Well, I look like an idiot, don't I? K State was giving uh, Texas a run for their money today. Yeah. They did put them down. So Rutgers gave Ohio know. State the run for their money. The yeah. first half. Yeah. And they're number one. <laughs> that's a joke. Zebras oh. are wild today. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, that's true. The uh that what was it? Uh blindside block when uh uh Stackhouse was taking it back. If you watch go back to that replay of the interception, you go to the top left hand corner, you get to see it, and man, they're squared up. He like turned his head the wrong way at the last second. And they called a blindside block. I'm like, that's not a blindside block. I don't know what the hell y'all are looking at. That was that was a wild call. They they called that back for it was like 65 yards. So I went the, back uh, on the CBS and uh, CBS announcer said, "Oh, two hit him in the bread basket." Yep. Yeah, bread basket isn't exactly blindside. I mean, no. I'm, I'm no genius with when it comes to words. I'm not exactly a wordsmith. I do write for a living, but uh, bread basket to me usually means straight the hell up. Am I wrong? Yeah. No, the offensive player, like, he cut his head left, like, see what the hell's going on, and got, got clobbered, don't be wrong, but it's like, hey, it's, it's shoulder pad squared up. Like, he was bracing for that hit, if anything. Just a dumbass decision, no offense, pardon my language, uh, to look that way that second, you know, you need to be preparing for the hit. Well, here's the thing, though. If you're behind the play, you normally don't – you shouldn't block anybody. Yeah, I agree. He's 10 right. yards away from the pick. If I'm nobody like, else is going to run him down. And I'm, don't get me wrong. Is, you never get that. And like we were talking about it with Eddie. Everybody out here who's ever played football, you were trained to knock the hell out of somebody when you hear Oski. You know, mm-hmm. you go ahead, honey. I get it. I did it. I was guilty of it. 
every, everybody on here, all these people, I'm sure Andrew, Curtis, Maximus, Casey, Adrian, everyone, Seth, uh, Junior, everybody who's ever been played football, when you hear Oski, he's like, it's time to collect some scalps. Listen, I was uh, kicked out of practice uh, one day because uh, Oski was called and uh, Chris Conley had the ball and I hit him. So, North Potting House School, shout out. <laughs> no, man. I'm uh, 5'8 and really, uh, really short, but uh, I hit Chris Conley and uh, Heath Webb called me out and uh, I sat for about 40 minutes and ran afterwards. So, <laughs> solid. <laughs> That, that is an awesome story. We, we got to get Chris to come on the show. He's like, hey, here he is. Here's Tyler. Yeah, I, I love Chris. He's the best he, man. He's we one, to definitely together. one of my favorite. I, know, uh, I think. Give us the rest of your thoughts there. I was going to say, I was, one of the worries about today is watching this game. It's like, you know, eventually you got to take an L. And it's like, when does this L come? And how are other teams going to recruit off of it? And that, that was a big fear of mine, knowing that uh, we lost out on Burden. And uh, I don't want any more momentum to potentially ever go any other person's way, especially Missouri at this point, especially after the past two years. But uh, that's a big concern of mine. When does that L come and to who does it come? I would be okay and hypothetically. And getting it, they're going to lose. Kirby said as much. And you know you, you can't win forever. Nope. And I, yep. I was yep. actually uh, – I mentioned that Georgia played a flawless game from a penalty standpoint last week. You know, you only had two penalties, and they were both uh, delay of games that you did on purpose. I'm like, that can't happen. So I was expecting some penalties in this game, or maybe some turnovers, because Georgia had been playing some turnover-free ball for a while there. I'm like, it just can't happen. It's just the ebb and flow of football. We all know that's going to happen. And we saw some penalties this week. But I didn't want Georgia to lose to Florida because I didn't want them to be able to say, hey, we We didn't break the streak. I don't want Tennessee to be able to say they did it either. So if you got to lose – Lose to Boy, I don't want to lose to Missouri, uh, Ole Miss either because Ole Miss is one team Kirby Smart's never won against. At least yeah, so maybe Mizzou would have been the best one, but yeah, too bad they won. And I don't so. want Tech to win. Now you, you just have to you just have to win out and yep. uh, maybe losing the SEC championship to LSU no. or to Alabama, but you still make the playoff. Maybe Looking that like Bama at this point. And and who's the offensive Next lineman year. from Alabama who's in the media who in uh, 2017 said? Enjoy this run for the Rose Bowl, Georgia fans, because uh, you're never going to enjoy another one. That's how I feel right now. I mean, I'm trying to enjoy it, but every yeah, single time uh, I'm just sitting here and I'm just like, man, when is it going to happen? When's the other shoe going to drop? Because this is too good to be true. <laughs> it is. It is. 20 and, years of trauma. <laughs> That's what that oh, is. People ask me, why are, you, why are you so negative? Why are you so pessimistic? I'm like, because, you know, if you I saw Todd Grantham call our defense, that's why I'm so negative. Uh, so I'm negative. So I grew up on Barnett Souls Road, went to Barnett Souls Elementary. And, uh, or James Coley. I went – I remember my, my third grade teacher, she was a Florida fan, and this, again, at Barnett Souls, and she gave us so much crap as her students. I mean, we're all Georgia fans, right? And uh, we had to come in that Monday. I want to say this was like uh, 2000, 2000 flat, maybe 99, one of those years. Uh, it was the hardest day of school that Monday. Yeah, it was absolutely terrible. But that's where it started getting ingrained. They always say a whipped dog will cringe. So, in mm. other words, if you beat a dog and then you just raise your hand, that dog will shy away. Yep. And you're a hit. 
that's how Georgia fans have been for years. It's like, oh, hey, you won. You, hey, congratulations. You had this game, went on the road. You know you're going to lose next week. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah, and, just, and it happened. So, and it's it's tough to lose it, to drop that mentality. So people are like, why aren't you just expecting Georgia to win? I'm like, you get 30 years of this crap, you know? Yep. And so now all of a sudden they're winning all the time. It's like, man, this is the glory days. And I want people to enjoy it. I don't want them to be like us worried about when the next loss is going to come. Because uh, even if it does, it's like, well, okay. Hey, and then we're about to get into the expanded playoffs, Ben. Yeah. You can lose one. Well, don't matter. Still make the playoffs. And I you love Kirby Smart when he has time to prepare. To mm. prepare for a team. It's like, okay, we got the playoffs. We got we got 15 uh, practices for bowl week. To, especially with recruiting seasons done for the most yes. part. Especially with the new calendar. It's like, oh, I don't feel pressure recruiting, and I have all that weeks to get healthy and prepare. Oh, I thought like there's, there's still a good chance for flip season. You know what I'm saying? You could oh, lose yeah. two and play North Carolina at home in this whole team playoff, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's going to change the entire outlook. And I know a lot of people are like, well, now the games don't mean as much. I'm like, I don't care because it's actually better for Georgia. Exactly. I suffered through the 2012 season and the 2017 and these other seasons where if there had been a even a 14 playoff, yeah. Georgia would have been in. You know, now you're going to give me a eight or 12 teams. I'm like, okay, let, let's get. And I, again, I, I, people say, well, I, I hate it that the regular season won't mean as much. Well, it kind of sucks if you lose one game and then your season's over. I watched you know? that uh, that Georgia Alabama game from Afghanistan, and that was that was another gut wrenching one that tore my heart out. Yeah. Hey, thank you for your service. Oh, great time, man! Great time. The uh, I told you, the fun one was the fun one. Here's the flip side of this: was 2021. I was in the swamps down in Louisiana, and uh, this is after we already lost the SEC championship. My platoon leader uh, that I was working with for the operation was an Alabama fan. And we both had to miss the first half of the game, uh, but we came back for the second half watching on like a little 10-inch uh, uh, iPad. And absolutely phenomenal watching Stetson Bennett go off in that game. And just uh, the Killy Ringo, that interception was something of art. Uh, I, karma just came around. It was amazing. Larry, you still in Yeah, actually, I fly Apaches. I'm uh, down in uh, Fort Novacell, and I'm actually going down to Savannah. Uh, it's my next duty station I'm going to, and I'm – Really hoping I can somehow finagle a uh, flyover for UGA game one day. We'll see. Dude, yeah, fly an Apache over the top. Hey, thank you for your service. Uh, hey, my pleasure. You I assume you commissioned and did all that cool stuff. That's right. That's right. Yep. Rally UNG. What, what company were you in? So I was initially in Fox, and then uh, I was part of the crew that brought Charlie back, and then I was uh, Brigade Star Major and HHT from that point on. Holy crap. All right, I'm going to have to talk, get you to talk to my boy. Yeah, man. Too easy. He does. Hey, and I just texted he, he, Chris. He just contracted this week. What's that? He just contracted this week. Oh, hell yeah. That's awesome. So we, we didn't let him last year because we're like, we need to, you need to think about this a little bit. That's fair. No, it's, it's, that's good no, advice. So thank you for your service. I, mean, I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, Bama just scored. Now they're up by two TDs. Hey, I texted Chris Conley and uh, said he needs to listen to this post-game reaction show because he's uh, mentioned in it. And he texted me back and said, I'm watching already. <laughs> you didn't have to tell that story. So, <laughs> Tyler, I've, I've had too much to drink to know if you're screwing with me or not. Uh, number 29 for North Balding. You can look me up, buddy. 
Uh, but I'm getting out of here. Uh, my fiance just got home and she's uh, in five years. She's learned what a pylon was to uh, complaining about offside calls. So uh, there you go. <laughs> Doing the Lord's work there. Doing the Lord's work. Time. Hey, join us next week too, my man. I appreciate it. Hey, uh, it's a good win, boys. Yeah, it sure is. Yes, sir. Take care. Thank you, sir. I appreciate Tyler coming on. Let's get Junior Jones on here because Junior is pretty badass too. He, he usually brings some heat. Now, we missed him. He, he used to be on, and then all of a sudden he, he got too good for us and stopped coming on the show and kind of killed me, hurt, hurt my feelings. It's about damn time, Junior. Where you been? I, I've asked you for like three weeks in a row. Okay, so I would say, so last time I came on, I froze. Mm. If y'all If y'all remember. So since then, I've been in the battle with my Wi-Fi company. Okay. I so that. I just switched. So like I didn't want to jump on and because like I would have in like a Wi-Fi outage two, three times a week. Oh wow. Yeah, and it always happened whenever we was at home. Cause me and my lady work. So like it we never have an outage. But as soon as I get home, I get a test message, hey, we have an outage in your area. It's like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. whenever I'm home. So like now I moved to another provider and all that. So now I'm more comfortable because I don't want to interrupt the show. That was like the whole point okay. why I like stopped calling in. Okay. Well, that's great. We, we appreciate that. You're better than Paul. Screw him. All right. <laughs> oh, but first thing I want to say, um, I know uh, we just got, we just had a military guy on. I'm a bourbon drinker. I'm a um, authentic tequila drinker. I'm a scotch drinker. What's the bourbon that um like the sponsor that you guys have? Because every time I want to get it, I can never remember it. Whenever I go into a liquor store, I can never remember who they are. Whenever I try to look and find for it, I, it's, it's ASW Distillery. But you can think of it. The easiest one to remember that they have is Fiddler. So, Fiddler. Fiddler. All right. Okay, and I'm putting that in my phone right now. Put in Fiddler. And now here's the thing. They started with uh, creating – that's their uh, bourbon whiskey. Then they have the hardwood. They have a bunch of different ones, and they've won all these awards. So if you like it, you know, if you like rye, they've won awards for their rye. Uh, uh, they've won awards for just about everything they make. And now they're making – if you like vodka, or if, you're, if your lady does, they now have one called Hunker. So you can try that. And that actually – the proceeds of that go to – some of the proceeds of that go to the University of Georgia NIL fund. So, so put that okay. in the phone. Everybody put it in the phone. And I'm not, I'm scared to ask Larry, I mean, an Apache pilot, how much he drinks. Not much. <laughs> not too I know, much. I would say I do, either, it either very little or a lot. I mean, my, my older brother, I mean, my younger brother, Jihad, uh, his life's ambition, he, he couldn't quite do it. He didn't have the uh, grades for it, but he always wanted to be an Apache pilot. Yeah, it's a bad, most badass machine they ever made. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't, I don't drink terribly much, but I tell you what, I want to do it's uh, it's a trip. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you damn military guys! All right, Junior, give us your thoughts on the game, and we got to get back to football here. We're, we're gonna, all right, we're gonna so, uh, all right, so kind of think going back to the last conversation is about um, kind of two points: one, the um, big man possible touchdown. So that point, and then second of facing Missouri. So like every week, my girl knows like like I grew up in Houston, moved to California, met 
my wife, she right, she was really into football, college football. So now she's a college, she's a Georgia fan now because of me. Nice. She's laughing now. I hear um, laughing. <laughs> so every every week I go into the week, she said, okay, what time we got to watch the game, whatever, whatever, whatever. Right? And every week I'm excited, all this, everything like that. This week I was nervous and I was scared because of last year. Mm. So I was quiet this whole game. Calm this whole game. Same. Right? I don't... I don't want to get too excited. No, I, I want to see how this play out. But when I seen that interception happen. Like, cause she, she kind of, she zoned out, she calmed down and she's like, is everything okay? Like, no, baby, we're good. We're good. I'm, I'm just watching the game. We're good. <laughs> and I said, I said, big man touchdown. Go black. Not a, right. She was like, can you not I just scream like that out of nowhere? I was like, I'm <laughs> it's a big man touchdown. We gotta get those. But I will say this. This this is how I feel about Georgia. I think I sent like a message in the chat. Last week is when it really hit me to where whenever we're aggressive, we're our I'm talking just the defense-wise, not talking about offense, just defense-wise. Whenever we're aggressive, we're better. Whenever we send people or we attack or, like, we shift late, whenever we're aggressive, we're better. And I feel our coaches, I don't – I'm not a coach. I don't know the intel. I'm not in practices, so I can't say this, but – I feel the coaches are nervous to be aggressive well, with our defense. You can be aggressive, but that opens you up to a huge play. <clears throat> Kirby yeah, Smart. Yes, yes. Larry, Larry Jr., y'all tell me if I'm wrong, Ben. Kirby Smart's conservative. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. when, when you get – when you send people, yes. <clears throat> that gives you a hot route that's open. That gives you less coverage on the back end. That makes you susceptible. You like to be able to beat people with your uh, send three or four. Keep guys back. Make it so they can't throw it. Get pressure with four guys. You win all your football games that way. You get aggressive. Now, all of a sudden, you've got five coming, maybe six with a linebacker. That puts a lot of pressure on your secondary. Kirby likes to take care of his secondary, but it's so easy when you, you saw the some of the plays where Georgia brought some heat. And they paid for it. It's the same thing when guys come hard after uh, uh, Stetson, or excuse me, uh, Carson. Uh, he's like, oh, well, this is where you're blitzing from. You blitz it from the corner. That means your man's wide open. I'm going to go right to him. Uh, it, it, to your point, Junior, yes, they're better, but it's a gamble. It's a huge gamble. Yeah. And Kirby doesn't like to gamble. He likes to win. He likes to play the percentages and just beat you with better players. That's what I was about to say. I was about to say, like, the probability piece. If I can get you to nickel and dime, get one, two, three, four-yard pickups here and there, but it takes you 15, 16 plays to get downfield, there's more probability of you making a, a massive error. Yeah, just one mistake. Uh, hurry up snap, essentially, something like that, and then really capitalize on that piece. And they killed himself, play a game. Uh, killed himself with one penalty. They had a great yeah. drive going Yes. On. All of a sudden, they uh, illegal procedure. First and fifteen, they punish. 
Because if you look at that, too, on the offensive side, he's like, hey, I want a quarterback that's not going to put us in a bad spot, not going to make mistakes. That's what he wants. He wants to play mistake-free football and then force the other team to make the mistakes and capitalize on that piece. Okay, can I, can I make a comparison? Yeah. This, it's going it's going to sound crazy now. Uh, we're used to it. But, <laughs> but I feel Carson Beck is like a Peyton Manning. Actually, that. Right. So, so, so what I'm saying, so Peyton Manning, you're thinking of Peyton Manning now with multiple years in the NFL. Yeah. We're talking about Carson Beck first year starting as a college quarterback. But what I say about like Peyton Manning was the game manager. He managed the game. Like if Peyton Manning was two scores behind, you don't expect him to come back. One score, score and a half. He might be able to get that. But like he managed the game well. And that's what I think like Carson Beck does. Like Carson he's still rough, so like he still make those bad decisions. He still do things that he shouldn't do, things like that. But like he this is still his first year starting as a college quarterback. With time and learning the game, figuring things out. Like I feel he's a great game manager understanding the game understanding how things play out that's what i like about carson beck and that's why i like having him on the field and i see him do it like whenever um you have the rpos and whenever he pull it or hand it off and like it might go wrong they might lose a yard or two i'd be like okay i see why you did that i i see what you read what you understood and i see why you made that decision. So that's why I feel Carson Beck is. I feel like if Carson, like I want him to stay another year for Georgia, not for Georgia necessarily, but for him. Because mm-hmm. I feel if he stayed with Georgia for another year, get the experience, see the play and everything like that, he could be like a great game managing type of quarterback. Am I like, am I, I off that. with that kind yeah. of thinking? Uh, I, I think you're right. I mean, the guy has like a 20 pound brain. He's he's playing with uh, Rubik's cubes for fun. Like he's just not call him a nerd, but hey, I'd rather have a nerd some time at the helm of things and deciphering what everybody's doing and picking it apart before the snaps even made. Uh, I think that's a great great way to illustrate it. Um, yeah, I like it. Here's the thing: when when I watched, you know, Peyton play. Peyton would rip you apart kind of like Eric Zire would. He understood what what the variations in each route and what the coverage was going to be and how the coverage was going to respond to those routes. And he was meticulous in putting the ball where it needed to go. And he could win games on his own, getting the ball where it needed to go. He made great throws. And, again, it's tough to compare Carson to a guy like that. My, to me, the better comparison right now would be more A.J. McCarron, you know, a guy who was – I remember him being on – Covered like uh, all the all the college magazines, like you know, this is the next Heisman winner, and people were excited about him. And he again, he made good decisions, and he had great players around him, and he just distributed the ball so well. But I never got the feeling that he was Peyton. I never got the feeling that he was uh, Joe Burrow. I never got the feeling that he was just going to be a uh, go back to like a Kozar, you know, just a guy who's like, if it comes down to it, and you left. 56 seconds on the game clock. This guy's going to get – Peyton figures going to do it. Now, Peyton never beat Florida. It drove him crazy. But 
Florida was really good back then. Uh, to me, I haven't felt like, okay, you gave Carson too much time. Right. I feel like you've given Georgia as a whole too much time. And, again, I, all the people that were complaining about get the ball with two minutes left in the, the first half and why aren't you hunting? Why aren't you trying to score? You've got a two-minute offense, run it. And they go out there and run the ball a few times and have to punt it. So I didn't understand that. But And it took Stetson Bennett a while to get to that point. So to your point, Junior, it's, um, it is his first year. But it kind of felt like, okay, Stetson's going to make you, you – you left him a, a minute 11 on the clock. Dumbasses, he's, he's, he's going to torch you. He's, he's going to pick you right. apart. But I do feel like if you give Georgia two minutes, I'm like, okay, we're going to throw to Brock. Then we're going to hand off to Dejan, and then when you've got everybody covered, here comes Lad McConkie. It feels more like a team effort where, and again, I'm, I'm old, I'm 51, I don't remember stuff like I used to, but I felt like, man, Peyton, I know he had great receivers, you know, uh, Peerless and all those guys, but I kind of felt like Peyton just did it, you know. He's the only one I really remember from that era, just gashing yeah. everybody. So I'm a little hesitant to go quite that far, but McCarron, well, absolutely. I actually have a question for him because when you compare Peyton Manning to Carson Beck, are you saying talent Wait, oh, level oh, or style of play? Oh, you're one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's what I'm saying. Because because you're you're you feel I'm saying that Carson Beck is the next Peyton Manning. I'm not. No, there's so there will never style. be another Peyton. Style. Yeah, it's style. Okay, it's okay, more okay, style. That, that makes sense to me then because I think if he says he's that level of talent, no. But my thing is also game manager. When I think of when you say the word game manager, I think of the guy he's going to score in the twenty points. He's not going to turn it over. He'll do what he needs to do. That that's what I view when yes. I think of game manager. Because yes. Peyton Manning, in my opinion, up here, the mental is the best of any quarterback ever. His mental yes. is the best ever. Because I know, and Roddy, maybe you guys are Falcons fans. I, I'm not. Peyton Manning, when I was a Ravens fan growing up, scared me more than any other quarterback because he, he, he knows defense better than the defense does. Yes. You know, he's sitting there, and I'm like, he's got Ray Lewis sitting across from him, and he's outsmarting Ray Lewis. That's one of the smartest defensive players ever. He's outsmarting him. And I go back and I watch when he was at Tennessee, like old tape of him. I'm like, this guy already knows what the defense is at at that early of an age. He was the smartest quarterback I've ever seen. He didn't have the physical tools. Like, this wasn't a guy who had, like, he could throw the ball seven yards. He was not mobile at all. He was not mobile at all. He looked like he was moving in quicksand. But up here, (laughs) he made the right throws, right decision, and was pinpoint accurate. And if he has those three things, and you have the mental game of Peyton Manning, you can win any game. Screw the traits. If you have up here that Peyton Manning does, you can win any game with that quarterback. So So, I don't think Peyton Manning needs a game manager because he can take over the game because – Play after play, he's going to know what you're doing. If I need five yards this play or I need 30, he'll know where to go. So I I, I get what you're saying with play style. He tries playing a similar way, but Peyton Manning's just so next level that I, I just can't go there. And I think I think and, what I was hoping for was more of like him progressing kind of like Mac Jones did. That's what I was always hoping for. I don't know if he's quite doing it, but I think he's kind of on the same trajectory. I think Carson's better than Mac Jones as a talent. Yeah. If I was in the NFL yes. evaluating, I'd take Carson over Mac Jones because he has more arm talent. He's taller. He's more mobile. Mac Jones has a weak arm compared to Carson. He's not mobile, and he's not that big. I think Mac Jones is only like barely over six two. Carson's at least a legit six like four. Yeah. So like, that's why. Yeah, I'm Carson saying, is six three six four. Yeah, because Carson's a tall kid. So like, I think if Carson back, the tricky thing for him is, unless he balls out crazy the rest of the season, 
I think coming back is a smart decision because next year's quarterback class is awful. He's going to be a first-round pick in next year's quarterback class. This year, he's going to really have to work to do it. So, but I mean, if if he finds his way to be a late first round, I don't blame the guy for going. But next year, right. he could be the first quarterback taken. Well, I if he stays, he what happens to Brock Vendergrift? Yeah, and then I don't know where Brock goes, but if yeah. Beck's back another year, you're happy for Georgia. See, but okay, so you say Brock should not come back. I, I'm putting like Brock shouldn't come back because that's like you're you're thinking with Georgia, my friend. You got to think about these guys, my friend. Um, Rock is not getting an NIL deal or anything like that. So, and he's, I would say, one of the top five offensive linemen, period, in college football. That's how I feel. I might be wrong. I might be biased. Whatever. That's how I feel. He needs to go to the NFL because they're paying, they're paying old linemen money right now at this point in the NFL. And Four years from now, I feel they'll still be paying old lineman money. So he got to get that as soon as possible because that's one of the most dangerous and combative positions in football. Well, Vangriff's so get uh, out. QB. Huh? Vangriff's QB. Oh, I'm thinking about Van Prout. I'm you good, man. You good. <laughs> I, was I was thinking about Van Prim. He's been into that business. He's a good dude. Oh, wow. I was thinking about, yeah, I was thinking about Van Prim. Okay, yeah. Man, he's on that one Get sure. your girl on here, man. She's, she's better at this than you. I'm going to spend three weeks and left his ass off of there. We're never going to ask him to come back again. Because <laughs> I was in my head, I was like, "Why he said Van Pelt?" He's big, but goddamn, Junior ain't that, that big. Oh, I love Foster's comparison with Beck, the most elite quarterback of all time. If Beck, if Beck does come back, does he stay at, or where does he transfer? If he transfers, where does he go to? Who needs a quarterback that good? Wait, you're talking about Brock transferring? Yeah, Brock. I think if Beck comes back. He's for sure transferring. I think if Beck leaves, he's staying because he's right. No, I agree with that. Quarterback room. I, I think it's that simple. Yeah, I got a question. I, I got a question. Goes to Auburn. That's just my guess because I, I grew up too. an Auburn fan and they suck. I got a question. I got a question. This is just for the field, just for college football in general. <laughs> is the red shirt like just gone now? Like, so let's say there, there's like someone that has immense talent, immense capability, and say, hey, give me a year and I can make you great. Is that gone now? With the NIL, with the uh, transfer portal, is that gone? You're seeing a lot less red shirts uh, because of that. But at the same time, also the fact that you have, you know, four games you can play in changed everything i thought that was right. one of the greatest calls they've ever made say look you can play in four games you play in five you can't redshirt if you play in four you can still have a red shirt so okay. these guys there, but that's big but some guys were saying look because uh, people were talking about redshirting arch manning like oh well you know he, the other guy's playing so he can still redshirt i'm like if he has been at college for two years and hadn't played he ain't gonna stick around five more i mean this, dude it's just not gonna happen he so. probably is because i don't think he's played a snap yeah but my, you see, my point is, uh, yeah. they're like, it's no, nah, it's not going to happen, dude. It's uh, if you're really elite, 
Richards don't matter because guys are going in three years, and if you're, they're not, if they're really elite, they're not playing, then they'll transfer somewhere else. So yeah. Also, then again, one the flip injury, side of that, you're going to have to force to throw them out there. Yeah. So. Well, on the flip side of that, imagine having a million dollar NIL deal and being redshirted. Yeah. <laughs> and see, it's like, like back in the NFL. What's that? Unlike my. Yeah, what were you saying? I said it's like being a backup quarterback in the NFL. I remember in school all the time, back in like high school, all my friends were saying being a third string quarterback or even to an extent a backup quarterback is like the best job because you get paid millions of dollars and you don't have to play. Somebody's like, you don't no, do I'm nothing. but I got this big NIL deal from this collective. It's the greatest thing in the world for a year. You're like, I could just sit back, learn. I have no pressure. I'm getting all this money and I could suck for all my <clears> hair. Like, yeah. it's, a, it's a great thing. That is really the, the entire premise of Blue Mountain State. Have you ever seen it? <laughs> I've never seen it, so yeah. That was a good one. I might have to look at it. I love football movies. Um, my fiance love you for that recommendation. Just to let you know. Um, but one thing, so like the reason I asked that question because like I'm thinking like in the coach's mind. Let's say I have a um, I have a cornerback. The cornerback has the speed that he needs to have. He has the um, coverage. He has the hand-eye coordination. He has everything, but he just has the tendency to look in the backfield at the wrong point in time, right? That's it. That's his only problem. So I'll say, you know what? Give me a year. We're going to work on you. Stop looking in the backfield, and then we're going to progress your abilities in that same year. Right. So like the team drills, you don't got to worry about that. We're focusing on your personal drills. Like we're focusing on you. Like as a coach, I'm I'm like, yes, like like you're you're a four star now. That's what they're labeling you as. But if I red show you, you're gonna be like a five star plus the ceiling. But then I feel like these players would don't understand that. I mean, some do. I mean, you look at the guys that stuck around. Chris Smith. Yeah, you know, never thought. I never thought Chris would be where go where he did. Robert Beal. The years that he stuck around. Mm. You know, like again, some of these guys came in. Robert Beal was one of the top players in the nation. I say he's five star. Yeah. And it's like okay, yeah. he's he's not out there. Uh, it, it, so, but if you're a guy like uh, Eric Stokes, you come in as a three star uh, wide receiver, and you're like, hey, we're gonna make you play cornerback. And you're going to be really good at it if you take coaching. Some guys take coaching, some guys don't. And mm-hmm. uh, hell, Carson Beck, how long he's been in Athens since the '70s? Uh, well, yeah, 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 I'm saying he been he been there six, seven, eight years. Yeah. So yeah, stick yeah. around, you know. Um, some guys will stick around and do it. Some guys won't. Some guys will transfer. Sure. Uh, but again, to me, it doesn't really matter if it's redshirt or not because it's just, you know, am I getting better? And when we ask these guys, you know, why didn't you transfer? Because when we heard rumors about it, had some they'll say, I didn't think I would get better instruction or better development at the other school. I thought if I fought and sometimes they should have transferred. You know? It's like sometimes you know, I no there's some, too many good players here for you to see the field, buddy. You know? Look at Mims. Mims entered the portal and said, I'm taking the, the team that if I get on the field, I feel better to be developed by. I mean, I don't know that a Lou Ba is gonna play at Georgia. Good kid, good offensive yeah. lineman. I just don't know that he will. And maybe he should have transferred like Griffin Scruggs did. And or maybe, 
here's the thing. I, I, I don't say that because I don't know. But then next year, all of a sudden, we're talking about, like, who's taking over for this guy? Who's taking over for that guy? And also, we're like, well, dude, it's Lou Boss tearing it up. So there's just been too many cases where all of a sudden a guy that you didn't really weren't really thinking about is all of a sudden the inside guy. He's, te- you know, Tresman Marshall, Lindenberg, transfer, you know? But, hey, crazy stat real quick. I don't know if y'all are watching the Alabama game. Uh, Jalen Milrow is 155 yards, four TDs on the ground. Yeah, oh, no, he scored all their touchdowns. Yeah, he's killing uh, He scored all their and, – and, like, honestly, he scored all their touchdowns, and, like, we're bad at having a spy for the quarterback. Yep. From what I've seen, we're bad at having someone find a quarterback. And the fact that he's scoring all the touchdowns, then I'm like, okay, I want you to lose now. Hey, he's got some more. Oh, no, that's the running back. Never mind. Sorry, Jane Daniels, distance. by the way, is hurt. He he's got hurt. Concussed. It was bad. Is he concussed? He had no idea what he was doing. I thought I saw him go in the tent. He concussed? Yeah, he, he got his helmet taken off. He came back in for a play, and then they said, nope, 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 nope. You're going in the tent now. Oh, uh, I kind of watch. I I kind of stopped watching once I got on live because I didn't want to be disrespectful. But yeah, okay. Now, so there you go. So here's the thing: uh, as much as that, if you're a Georgia fan, you're like, "Oh, that's bad." I'm kind of torn because I'm like, "Man, I tell you, this kid is." When I saw him run those first couple games, those giant thighs, one of the fastest guys on the team. <laughs> he can fly mm-hmm. and he's powerful. And now you're seeing what he can do. And he's just, again, so when I asked, are these other teams getting better? Tennessee looks to be getting better. They're putting – Yeah. That's what's scary. Ole Miss, getting better. Alabama, getting better. Oh, well, they've been – Getting worse. Yeah, and some teams get worse. <laughs> yeah. uh, Florida, getting worse. <laughs> Shout out to the Fighting Pittmans, uh, South Carolina. Oh, yeah. Oh, Florida. Florida went from like they were on pace to potentially have like a nine ten win season if they might not go to a bowl. Exactly. Now. That's a, uh, who are they play next? South, is South Carolina going to make uh, it to a bowl? Florida, Florida plays LSU, Missouri, and Florida State. That's how they. No, nah, they, they're taking all, 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 all those. Oh wow! They're taking all those ills. <laughs> oh wow! And then they'd be five and seven. Yeah. yeah. That recruiting class is the only thing that's going to keep Always say I'm always cheering for two teams. I'm always cheering for Georgia and for whoever the hell is playing fucking Florida. Excuse me, language. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> so but the point is that uh, the, the team – I was asked like four or five weeks ago in a radio show, uh, who's the team that you worry about? I'm like, Alabama and Washington because I thought Pennix was just – I thought they had better defense. Than that's shootout apparently. Yeah, how's yeah, that Washington? So going back and forth right now. USC game going. We're going to we're gonna, – it's gonna be a hell of a time trying to stop uh, this Alabama. Team. <clears throat> Hopefully, you meet him in and meet him in Atlanta. But it's gonna to be tough. I think it's okay. Team is Florida code State name says uh, code name Slurper. It'll be Georgia versus Alabama in the SEC. It's gonna be a tough one. Now, here's the thing: you can put a spy on him, but he's so fast, strong. I'm sure it don't matter. It yeah, doesn't really. matter. It yeah. does not matter. That spy exactly. doesn't Why matter. Game plan keep contained. It is fair. Andrew's right. LSU defense is not that good. And other teams have been able to tame a little bit. But, again, that's true. he's getting more and more comfortable. And it's, uh, it's Georgia's uh, bugbear right now as a running quarterback. It's A running quarterback's tough for every team. Mm-hmm. But that is the one weakness Georgia's defense has had for a few years. Is, it's been Kirby's kryptonite his whole career. That's what I called it. Be- because he plays soft. Like, that's his thing. Like, that, like, that's what I was trying to say earlier. Like, whenever we're aggressive, we're positive. 
but Kirby is he's passive, so like he he try to give cushion and give room. So like, so like let's say like a regular quarterback, we give cushion, they give a play, they get three yards. With a running or mobile quarterback, you gotta take an extra step back because you gotta watch the quarterback too. It's the coverage because Georgia likes to play man, and if you play in man coverage, you're playing uh, cover two, man under. Uh, A running quarterback eats that up. I wrote about that on Friday. That was my fear in this game. I said, "How are you going to handle, you know, running man coverage against a a guy who can scramble?" And I had some people. Brady Cook doesn't scramble. I'm like, he's going to this week. And sure enough. Yes, he is. He roasted Georgia a couple times there. They they stopped yeah. it, but again, that was the question. I just wanted it was one of my questions on how, how do you handle it. I just wanted to know. So. Georgia, like we don't know how to do that, and that's my we don't know how to do that. Like like my thing is like how I break it down. Like you know like you know the whole analytics, all that, whatever. But let's say break it down. So you got four plays to get ten yards. So you need three yards per play. We just gonna put it right there. If I get three yards every play, I'm happy. That's the type of – like, if I was the coach, that's the type of coach I would be. If I got three yards this play, I'm happy with it. Yeah, but you, you, if because, you get three yards three times in a row and now all of a sudden it's fourth and one, I'm going to line up and be like, okay, uh, what the defense that you faced on first and second down that allowed you to get three yards is not the defense you're going to see on fourth down. Okay, then that's when coaching comes into play. And that's so between me. So, 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 so you're on the other side. So that's whenever I look at you and I say, okay, what are you doing? What do you think I'm doing? And then I'm going to do the exact opposite. So if y'all, yeah, so, that's why those guys get paid $11 million a year. Exactly. That's what, that's when coaching becomes coaching. Yeah. And then we got to battle out that fourth down play. Holy shit, we've been on here three hours and 19 minutes. Yeah, I was say, it's time for me. Yeah, to yeah, I was we've been on here long. <laughs> uh, no offense, guys, but I'm about to wrap this up. I have not uh, – it's almost 11 o'clock. Yep, sounds good to me. Me let the dog out to pee. Y'all have a good night. Talk to y'all later. All right. Hey, appreciate it, Larry. Don't be a stranger, and thank you for your service, my man. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for uh, having me on. Give me your contact information so I can put you in touch with my son. All right, Junior. Hey, I really appreciate you being on the show. It's good that you're back. And tell, tell your yeah. lady uh, we enjoyed hearing her laughing in the background, and she should join us. <laughs> she got better we'll taste than you anyway. No, no, no. Her tastes are way better than mine because her tastes yeah. are just pure enjoyment. I know. I love it. But, um, yeah, I'll probably be back next week, though. All right. We'll see you then. Hey, we need to get All Foster right. Moss to come on with these. See you, Junior. Yeah, Foster, Foster you got to show always up. in the comments, man. That, that dude's good. I want him to come on next time, too. And, and his take, Florida's going to beat FSU? <sighs> I don't know about he's that. On, he's on drugs, too, man. He, he's talking about uh, Junior I'll being admit, My Penn State takes before the year were bad, looking back on it, but that's going to not be good. Yeah. And Amari's right, yep. Florida found out the hard way in fourth and one. It's uh, – yeah, I don't think wanting to have fourth and one multiple times on a drive is a smart idea. No. Eventually, you're probably going to get stopped. Exactly. No, I get it. I mean, people have that thought. And, it, you know, it's uh, – when people are like, why can't we run it here? I'm like, well, you know, it depends on what the defense does. That's always been my 
mine. Uh, or when people say, well, why don't you, why aren't you critical of the coaches? Cause I'm like, I don't know as much as they do. It's not just to say I can't judge it, but I don't know what the play call was half the time. Yeah. That, you that's, don't that's know how it was executed or you don't know what the philosophy behind it was. And that's why I'm like, look, we're, we don't, we don't grade the coach. We grade the players. We don't yeah. grade the coaches. It's also, do you remember the dealt miss throw against Auburn at the beginning of the game? There was some people saying that was the, the wrong route. We, yeah. we couldn't tell that was the wrong route. Like, right. But if we knew that, then we have a different opinion. So I get Or it. they go up there. Why would they run it there? Well, there might have been a pass called, but the quarterback goes up there and checks out. Mm-hmm. So you are you going to blame who, who's to blame there? So I, I don't I don't get into yeah. it. And it's not that I'm trying to defend these coaches. They don't talk to me. Mike Boba, I talked to Mike Boba before the game. It's the first time I talked to him all year that it wasn't a press conference. And it's basically asking how Drew was doing. He asked me how my son was doing because they played against each other in Little League. So it's kind of like it was two 50-year-old dudes who've known each other a long time saying hi. I wasn't like, hey, uh, are you going to run the fl- uh, split zone, you know, when, when they come up? Uh, how much uh, how much ISO are we going to run? Hey, you're going to run counter into the border, I mean, you know, into the boundary, because uh, that was really working for you last week. You know, we don't talk shit like that. So mm-hmm. um, the point is, but I, I have no problem calling him out if I think he's doing a bad job, and he knows that. Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't care because he knows I don't know shit compared to him. But again, I, we don't we don't uh, jump onto the coaches because there's too many factors, too many variables to from uh, play being changed at the line of scrimmage by the players out there to them not executing to something that happened in practice. So uh, we just kind of we try to see what we can, and we can talk philosophy and talk big picture, but we just don't get into the minutia of it. So and it is what it is. Anyway, speaking of uh, minutia. Uh, we appreciate all the the tons and tons of comments in the comment section. I love the fact that we can ask you any questions. You folks will either research it or dig into it or give us updates. Uh, it means a lot to us, and I really appreciate it. I love that uh, we have folks like Codename and Foster and Casey and Amari who just stick with us for three hours. Again, it's cool, guys. I, I don't mean to come – I'm not trying to sound insincere – but if I tell my wife, yeah, we did three hours, and these folks were on with us the entire time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it feels like it feels like I'm sitting in a bar with my buddies, and we're all just talking football. So, and of course, been sober, so it's not as like if we were in a real bar, it wouldn't be that way. No, it would not be that way at all. All right, gentlemen, we will see you guys. Hey, thanks, Tyler. Thanks, Larry, and uh, uh, thanks for all the new guys that came on this week. It means a lot to us. We'll see you next week. Y'all take care.